Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stack in here with you alongside my good friend, uh, Travis Krenz, also co-host of the 2080 Baseball Podcast, which... Travis, I can only assume you will be dis- uh, you'll have one this week because of the winter meetings and uh, all of sure. the, the baseball free agency talk. What's the what's the big uh, talk? Is it Giancarlo Stanton going to St. Louis? Perhaps what what are we looking at here? I would assume we'll have a show next week. People start to side here. Yeah, uh, where where's Stanton going to go? If he's going to go anywhere, got uh, Cardinals. Phillies, Red Sox, Giants, uh, all in the mix there. Uh, you got J.D. Martinez, who apparently wants $200 million. Uh, A lot of people think that Eric Hosmer is going to be the highest paid free agent, which is really an embarrassment. An embarrassment to the game. It's goddamn awful. So uh, those are the three, three big guys. And uh, John Heyman, had an article today about the, the twins. Oh, they like Hugh Darvish and Jake Arrieta. Well, no shit. They're the two <laughs> best pitchers out there. They're not going to sign any of them. Not, Hugh Darvish, definitely not. Uh, Arrieta, I'd give him a 10% chance, maybe. They could go maybe four years, $100 million, maybe. Like their biggest ever contract for a free agent was like $52 million. So... We'll see what they do. Still holding out hope they get an Alex Cobb from Tampa Bay, or they get Lance Lynn yep. from St. Louis. Those would be my two guys. Probably get those two guys for combined a little over a hundred million. So I would like that and a few bullpen guys. I'd be set. Yeah, I agree with you. I saw that CBS Sports had. Uh, an article today, and they had Lance Lynn, and they they made moves. They said that made the most sense. Yep. So Lance Lynn, it sounds like would may be the move for the Twins to make that would make the most sense. But Alex Cobb is not out of their ballpark or not out of range, is it? Nope. Only thing with Alex Cobb is he was given that qualifying offer, basically franchise tag type deal for uh, seventeen million. Nine players were given that. They all turned it down, which they usually do. So the Twins would have to give up uh, their third highest pick in the draft next year. So not terrible. Um, I'd be willing to do that for Alex Cobb. Yeah, you're looking uh, 50, 60 million for both of those guys. I'd be happy with both of them. Also, uh, Japanese guy, uh, Sheo, She, not Otani. Otani, the, uh, the pitcher, hitter. The pitcher hitter, I'm very excited about him. I'm he's a guy I'm most excited about. I'd assume he'll probably end up with the Yankees or the Dodgers, but um, I want to see him uh, do both hit and uh, hit and pitch because he's very good at both. So yeah, we'll see where it goes. I mean, and what odds? What percent odds do you give of Stanton's? I'll say staying in Miami because it seems right now that you know Derek Jeter for whatever for whatever reason he seems. Uh, somewhat uh, dead set on trying to move uh, Stanton, and that I to, to me seems like the wrong thing to do. I'll give him a twenty percent chance of staying if they can trade with with St. Louis, and they've got a lot of good pitchers, young pitchers. I would like the move. You get a, you get out of you get Stanton out of there. You get out of his contract. 
and you bring up some young pitchers, you give up a little to get a little, so I'm okay with that. But if they go full out, sell everybody, then I don't like that at all. Yeah, I I hope that the Marlins know what they're doing. I, I love Stanton. You know that uh, yep. he's great for baseball. Uh, I will still cheer for him with the Cardinals. I guess I won't mind that the be- the best fans in baseball get him because maybe that'll mean an end to the reign of terror that is the Chicago Cubs, and I do say that in jest, of course. How dare you? I do say that I in jest. The, uh, the Phillies, though, I think the Phillies, maybe going to be the surprise team, like the Phillies. We're gonna sign some folks. Well, they got Reese Hoskins there, so that's that's great. Sure. Uh, sure. Uh, so, also of note, the awards are going on right now. Uh, the, the speaking of the best fans in baseball, they're go- losing their freaking minds that Yadier Molina didn't uh, win a Gold Glove, but that's neither here oh, nor no. there. Uh, Bellinger wins NL Rookie of the Year. Aaron Judge, unanimous AL Rookie of the Year. Don't know who the MVPs are as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, the NL Manager of the Year is Tori Lovulo, uh, the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, hopefully, by the time we're done recording this, we'll know who the AL Manager is. But one would presume it's going to be Paul Molitor of your Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I would like to see it not be Paul Molitor. But uh, probably will be. It's basic. Manager of the year is surprise team of the year. It's basically all it is. Um, Buxton got a Gold Glove. I think he also got some award for best defensive player out of everybody. So that's uh, very good. Should. Yep. Uh, Dozier. Dozier won a Gold Glove. Not so sure about that. There were uh, oh five or six guys I would have preferred over Dozier, but. Uh, Whatever. I don't vote. So, a couple other uh, gold gloves. Eric Hosmer. Oh, that's an embarrassment as well. He's not, he's not terrible. <laughs> terrible player. He just isn't uh, a superstar. Like, they're treating him. Uh, Maurer wasn't even nominated, and he should have won. So. Oh, well, I mean, what do we have to do? How long will it take for you? I mean, is it going to be five years or so with the 2080 Baseball Podcast for you to be able to get a vote here? How how can we get you a vote? Because you seem like you know a hell of a lot more than some of these actual voters. What's it going to take? I don't know. Um, can you look at some of the metrics, for Christ's sake? Bauer was one for first baseman. Like quite a bit. And... Um, like Hosmer wasn't. And Dozier was like fifth or sixth. He wasn't anywhere near the top. So I don't know what they're looking at when they're doing this shit, but um, it's not great. It's not, not great. No, it isn't. No, absolutely not. I agree with you there. Uh, any other baseball news before we move on? Should be it. Okay. So we'll see what happens there. I'm sure we'll be recapping some free agent news if uh, there's a lot of big we- uh, wheeling and dealing going on. Where are the winter meetings at this uh, this year? Down south. Down south. Okay, because I know they were in. Florida, maybe. Okay, Washington was it last year, and maybe Nashville the year before. Yeah. So yeah, go somewhere warm. Go somewhere warm. Uh, we'll get to the big college basketball preview here shortly. Uh, let's just talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Huge win on it's the in road. Orlando. In Orlando. <laughs> Huge win over at Washington on the road this week. Case Keenum, or last week, Case Keenum throws four touchdowns, had a perfect passer rating into the, the third quarter, almost done with the third quarter, and then he throws a couple of bad interceptions. 
And as of now, we at least we presume that he's going to start. There was a report out there, I guess, uh, Jason LaConfora from CBS tweeted Monday night that his sources are saying Keenum's going to start. And yet Mike Zimmer continues to flirt with the Teddy Bridgewater thing. Is this gamesmanship on his part? Or is he seriously stupid enough to go from Case Keenum to Teddy Bridgewater? You know how I feel about it? Yep. I expect Case Keenum, Case Keenum probably going to start with his fine. And um, I'm fine with, with Zimmer doing this. I'm sure those who need to know know who's going to start. That's going to be Case Keenum on Sunday. So that's fine. If he can put some doubt in the other team's mind, then that's fine. I, I would like it to just be the doubt, but I mean... You know how much Zimmer loves Teddy Bridgewater. They they came in together. Uh, you just don't wreck the chemistry, though. I I guarantee you. I I, I will, it will. You know. I maybe shouldn't guarantee, but I would be willing to bet dollars for donuts that Adam Thielen doesn't go for eight catches and 166 yards and a touchdown in Teddy Bridgewater's debut, just because they don't have the timing and the chemistry down. There's been multiple stories about how Keenum and Thielen work together a lot this year in the offseason, and it has shown. It has shown a lot. Thielen's the trusted guy. He's one of the top wide receivers in the league this year. He's an emerging star. I just don't see why you would risk losing that until Keenum gives you merit to do it. And I get that the two interceptions gives Mike Zimmer a little merit, a little time to say, hey, well, maybe, maybe not here, but... You know, you and I were talking about, oh, Keenum's got to start against Pittsburgh back in week two. Don't let Sam, yep. don't, you know, just let the knee heal up. In this situation here, yes, Teddy Bridgewater is healthy. He's activated, but at 25 months, or no, not not quite 25, what, 22 months? No, 830, yeah, that was, what am I thinking, 22? But either way, like a year and a half uh, since that knee injury. A year and three months. Yeah, uh, but that's since, like, in terms of like a regular season oh, yeah. game, his last no. game was his last meaningful game was against Seattle in the playoffs, and we all know what happened there. But uh, yeah, I again, I would just say keep Case Keenum until he gives you reason not to start him. And uh, they got a big game against the Rams this week, no doubt about it. The Rams and the Vikings are division leaders right now. And Keenum was a former Ram. He was with the Rams last year. So you know he's going to be a little jacked up for this one. And you would hope that he can keep the emotions down and you know, be as accurate as he has been uh, throughout the season. But you still got to go with him. Don't You You still got to go with him. I think he can be smart enough to toy with the Wade Phillips defense. And I think Wade would uh, kind of unleash the hounds on Teddy Bridgewater if uh, indeed he would start in his first game. Yeah, Keenum... Plays like he's been playing to keep him in there, but if he doesn't, then he got to pull him. So it's a it's a good spot, I think, for, this, for the uh, for the Vikings. So hopefully they win this week, and then Thanksgiving, of course, next week they play Thanksgiving Day at Detroit. So that's big there. Uh, really, nothing else of any significance. Adrian Claiborne got six sacks in a game. Falcons defensive end. Uh, Made himself $750,000, I guess, in the process. So congratulations to Mr. Adrian Claiborne. Um, otherwise, the Dolphins stink. They should never be on primetime. We talk about the Vikings maybe not being on primetime. They've kind of shed that 
um, label in recent years. The Dolphins that flat out stink. They're 0-3 in primetime this year. They have one more coming up against uh, the Patriots on Monday night, but they're god-awful. So get them off my television on national television here. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it, I guess, for the NFL. Uh, unless you have anything else? No, no, I don't. I, 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 I figured not. I figured that's a pretty safe safe thing to go with here. Uh, college football, yeah. though, big upsets throughout this weekend. Uh, oh, okay, it, maybe not. But where are we on? Well, college football. So what were the upsets? Oh well, Auburn beating Georgia. I guess that was at home though. Yeah. And Miami beating Notre Dame. I guess that was yeah. in Miami as well. But they were two over ranked teams. So maybe I overstated it, saying that it was you know big upsets. But at the end of the day, two teams that were in the college football playoff are no longer most likely going to be in the college football playoff. At least when the rankings are unveiled this week. Georgia can still play their way in, but Notre Dame is out. And uh, I have to say that Miami and Oklahoma are the primary beneficiaries of this. I thought Auburn would win. Yep, you did. I thought Miami would win. I even thought Mississippi State was going to win. They nearly did. I picked them in the pick'em. I was looking pretty goddamn good for a long damn time. Yes, you were. So, one, two, three, but the ball went down, I was like, yep, that's that's fine with me. Um, yeah, Georgia, they're, they're in a tough spot. Um, doesn't look like they can beat Auburn right now. Or Alabama, so that's fine with me. Um, Auburn, Alabama next week, that's, uh, that's a big one right there. That's basically a play-in game, winner of that one, I would say, is in the playoffs. And... Um, Oklahoma, I think they took care of their toughest test. They got left, so I like uh, that SEC winner. Uh, <coughs> Oklahoma, to what, get what, in. How? How? What? Uh, what do you got this week Not here? Great. What? 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 Uh, what can we do to make black you feel better? Plague. The bl- black goddamn play. Oh no! What it got? No, what can we do to make you feel better here? Can I, uh, what, what, what can we do? What, what, what would if make... I could make... If I can make a request, it would be that sick people at work not show up when they're sick. They get everybody else sick. That's a goddamn tough spot. How about Ric Flair? So, if, if, I, if I could get Ric Flair to come to Mitchell, South Dakota, would that would that uh, help? I don't think it would. I just want the sick people to say fuck all. <laughs> so I don't get everybody else sick. It'd be very great. Yep. Because everybody's sick. So, uh, SEC winner's in. Oklahoma is in. Assuming uh, they win the Big 12 championship game. Yep. ACC winner is in. And uh, Big 10 winner is in. So it's all the conference champs except the Pac-12, I think, is where we're going. Really? Assuming the favorites Assuming the favorites went out. Like, if, they, if Oklahoma loses... Then, uh, uh, then we'll see. Then maybe Alabama with one loss. Where do you put an Alabama team with one loss that doesn't make their conference title game? Um, I think Ohio State with two losses. <laughs> um, I think they're in. So where would you? We got yeah. we got eight teams left. Eight teams for four spots. Where would would you put a one loss Alabama team over an undefeated Wisconsin? I would. I don't know if they will. I hope they do. 
I mean, they they beat Ohio State, which I mean, which is a a better win than Wisconsin. There were a better one than Alabama. Alabama beat Mississippi State. That's their best win. Um, like every other team they played is unranked, so it's not. Alabama doesn't have a great schedule. They don't right. have a a great resume. So. Does it does it matter where they would lose that one game? Like, let's say they lose to Auburn, and therefore they don't get to play in the SEC championship game. But then Georgia beats Auburn, so you're still you still have Georgia with one loss, and you have Alabama with one loss. Well, we would assume that Georgia would make their would get yep. into the playoff. Does Alabama get in with that one loss? That would be fascinating to me to see. Um, I I gotta tell you. I know a lot of people love the U, but I I don't think the U doesn't carry as much moxie as they used to. Then the, just the name, it just I don't think brings as many people in. If Miami and Wisconsin get in, you need at least at the at the very least a Clemson and an Alabama, I think, because otherwise. These games are going to be dreadful, and I think the ratings. You know, I'm a ratings guy. I don't oh, think yes. the ratings would be very good. I just because you know, Wisconsin and Miami just don't do it for a lot of people. I I don't think. Uh, Wisconsin, sure, Miami. I mean, they're fine. I think you know they've got Miami is Miami. So it was good to see them back last week. Was a good crowd. So I think Miami would be fine. I mean, you look at last year's semifinals, Alabama killing Washington, Clemson killing Oakler, uh, Ohio State. Um, I can't imagine that was good for ratings. No. Two, five no. touchdown blowouts. You're, you're, so people are going to out quick. You're, you are right, but I, I, I guess what I was talking about is starting in, you have those names like Ohio State, huge fan base. Clemson, big fan base. Uh, it's especially when you have the you know Deshaun Watson. Of course, we know Alabama, huge fan base. And then, you know, Washington. I guess that's what I mean. Like, you, when you have the name recognition here, and that's what Miami has. And I, I'm not trying to say that they that they don't, but it, it's not the the Larry Coker Miami Hurricanes, you know, with the, with the you know, Willis McGahee and, you know, Ed Reed and everything of the, of the early 2000s. It's not that Miami Hurricanes-esque team with, with all those stars. Perfect playoff, I think, would be I think a playoff we've seen before. You have Alabama and Ohio State. You have Clemson and Oklahoma. Seems mm-hmm. like that's been the playoff every damn year. But um, I think that would be a perfect playoff right there. Yep. Nope, I agree. Uh, Pac-12, they're going to get shut out since Washington lost to Stanford. So that's that's no bueno. Uh, let's, let's briefly, t- uh, this week there's nothing good. There's just nothing good out there. Michigan and Wisconsin, but the SEC is taking a vacation, playing the you know the 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 St. Mary's School for the Blind, um, and robbing the rich to steal from the poor. It's it's uh, you know the Mercers and the Waffords and Western Carolina. Hey, we're, we're banging on the Wofford guy. They're nine and one. God damn it. Well, that's that's true. I should give Wofford a little more uh, sure, credit than sure. that. Um, my bad. De- the Delaware State, I guess, you know, even the ACC's taking a week off. You know, Florida State's playing Delaware State, uh, and you got North Carolina playing Western Carolina. It's just, uh, what the uh, atrocious schedule this is. Just awful. But... It's not good. Yeah. Good I, week to miss. Good week to miss. 
And that's why we could focus on SDSU and USD. They are playing this week. I have. You have plans? Yeah, I'll be out doing volleyball in Rapid City, so I won't be there. Okay. But this is a huge game. Of course, uh, USD got trounced by NDSU last week. Uh, I was cheering for USD because if they had won, then SDSU barely survived Illinois State. But this would have created a a, a title game, you know, a, a share of the Missouri Valley Conference title had, uh, had uh, USD won last week. Don't have that, so SDSU needs to win and then hope that Illinois State can beat North Dakota State, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility, but I don't think it's necessarily going to happen. But this is a huge game. USD's defense is terrible, but they have an amazing quarterback in Chris Strebler, so I think points aplenty here, but I think SDSU rolling right now. USD's not so much. I think SDSU is going to get the win. I would hope so. The way the offense is going, I would hope that they could, if they beat North Dakota State, they can beat Illinois State. I hope they could beat USD. Just got to uh, control the quarterback. He should be good to go there. Uh, it's Traveler. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot on the line. You can uh, maybe get a top four seat, probably getting that to fifth or sixth seat spot, which would be really good. Uh, buying a home game. So, do that. A lot on the line. SDSU has been known to give games away when they're in this big spot. So, but we will see what see what happens. I'd like to see Wenicky get over 100 yards too for the first time this season. This has uh, not been great, but uh, but you know he's he's seen a lot of lot of double coverage and you know double teams and you know they're not forcing the ball to him a whole you know a lot. So I guess that's good from that standpoint. But we'll see what happens there. And. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not even going to mention the Cavs this week and the panic and everything, so that's that's good. Uh, they had a win in New York Monday night, and there's a little skirmish that broke out. And apparently, LeBron James hates Phil Jackson. Newsflash, everyone, uh-huh. newsflash. Is that why Phil Jackson got ten of them, and, and LeBron's got, what, three of them? Well, I mean, uh-huh. maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh... That's neither here nor there. Anything else uh, before we get into some delightful college basketball talk? Uh, not really. Like you could be a a baseball and college basketball fan. That's all you could pay attention to, and you would be good about fifty-one weeks out of the year. That's it. That's good. Yeah, and uh, here here we go. College basketball, the uh, State Farm Champions Classic is rolling Tuesday night, so. It's Michigan State and Duke, Kansas and Kentucky. Um, you know, just it, it is what it, you know. Obviously, you know what happened there. Uh, but I really like Michigan State this week. I guess we could start in the Big Ten, kind of work our way around. Now, you know what? We'll, we'll go more alphabetical. Let's go the ACC here. Uh, Duke. This Marvin Bagley the third is absolutely phenomenal, and I. For that reason alone, I think, you know, Grayson Allen's the lone senior on Duke. I think Duke might be a little more dangerous this year than in years past. I, I wasn't thinking that initially, but I might swap them for Kentucky. Um, I know it's early in the season, but this Marvin Bagley the third is is phenomenal. He's good. Um, a lot of hype last year, and they were a huge disappointment. Paul Molitor, your AL manager of the year. Congratulations. 
Um, the guys guys got hurt last year, so they went out. To, they lost what nine or ten games after people saying they were going to go undefeated. So four four right there. Yeah, I would say they they are your favorites uh, for for the national title. They also got a, a good point guard that uh, that I saw in Sioux Falls. Actually, he was in uh, I think Mitchell and Sioux Falls. Uh, Trayvon Duvall. Trayvon Duvall is a six three point guard. Um, from Delaware, but of course he was playing with a some team in Florida last year. So he's a freshman. Uh, very excited for him. Um, you have Gary Trent Jr. You have a bunch of freshmen. So Marvin Bagley. You got four freshmen and Ted Cruz. So <laughs> Ted Cruz can be better. Um, if he can be better in his ninth year, uh, we'll see if they can they can win a national title for Ted Cruz. We'll see. Yeah, and you know Florida State. I guess that you know they lost some size in the draft, but they should still be pretty good. the The one team, you know, Notre Dame. Bonzi Colson is is phenomenal, so Notre Dame's going to be very good. I'm going to keep uh, like Virginia Tech and uh, Buzz Williams in there. I think he can do it. I'm curious on three teams in particular. Actually, four. Louisville, with everything that's going on with them. For some reason, a lot of people still think, yes, they have the talent there this year, maybe not so much later on, but for them to make a run. But with everything, with the the controversy and FBI investigation swirling around him, you know, Rick uh, Rick Pitino, he's no longer there. Uh, I'm sure he'll be watching Richard Pitino's games in Minnesota. I, I just wonder how much Louisville has this year. Like, can they get through all you know the, the swirling controversy and make a significant run in the ACC. It, I guess can they be a tournament team this year? Oh yeah, I think they'll be very good. They'll be at the top of the conference. Uh, you got to know, Zach and Rick Pitino didn't know about any of this. Oh, he didn't know yeah, about any true. of it. Yeah, any of it. Just like uh, there's no collusion. There's no collusion. So yeah, he's uh, he's screwed. But uh, they should still be good. They had some trouble uh, the other day against George Mason. I'm sure we like George Mason, but today had a little bit of trouble uh, with them. Still ended up beating them, but uh, he can make the case. I mean, Louisville—they're going to be in the mix for the uh, probably second, second, third best team in the conference. Yeah, um, a couple other teams that I'm looking on or looking at: uh, Wake Forest, uh, Danny Manning. There, they—they they were close last year. We'll see what they can do there. Georgia Tech with Josh Pastner. I think there's a reason to think that Georgia Tech can take a significant step and maybe make it there. Uh, Syracuse, do we think Jim Beheim is going to get the cues uh, to the to the tournament again? I think they're going to be on the bubble again. Seem like they're on the bubble every goddamn uh, goddamn year. So they're going to be like that uh, eighteen twenty win team, and uh, they're going to be close. So, how about how about? Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. What, uh, maybe we'll see what their Syracuse's non conference schedule because the thing about them has been their strength of schedule's not been good because they don't play anybody, but. Uh, our Virginia squad, nope, they go to hell. I, I was just going to bring them up. I, I don't like Virginia a whole lot this year. Uh, they had a couple of guys transfer, or at least one guy transfer, and you, you have a couple of graduates in there. I just don't think they're going to be very good. Maybe I'm underselling them a lot, but I, I think Virginia is not. They're a bubble team this year. I think they get in. I don't think they're going to be, you know, a top 10 team like maybe they've been in the past. But, uh, yeah, it's not 
not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch at all. So, yeah, uh, Prentice. Prentice was their one guy. Uh, yeah. That was really good last year. Their point guard. And he is no there, not there anymore. So, it, who is the guy? It was like Imba. Oh, um, yeah. the Kites. Mari. Yeah, he's a yeah. He's a guy. But he transferred, um, if I re- recall correctly. Yes. Yeah, yes. So I mean, but he was a decent power, player. Power, power, power. So um, we'll see there. I mean, it, you look at this. You can make just about any argument. Uh, you know, an argument for every team in in this uh, conference, maybe outside of Pittsburgh, uh, probably North Carolina State, Clemson, Boston College. They're not going to make it, but I mean, I think Miami's going to be good. This is just a, a, a very good conference from top to bottom. Yeah, with 15 teams, you could see 12 of them being in the mix. Yep. And maybe we'll see 10 ACC teams in there. I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Perhaps. Uh, I will take, though, Duke to win it all. Uh, not or To win the conference, will you? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's the yeah, regular season or tournament. I'd say they're the best team. Uh, don't, don't sleep, please. Don't sleep on my uh, North Carolina squad. I Hey, it's my North Carolina squad as well. Uh, Joel Berry the third has a broken hand. I really wished that Justin Jackson would have come back for another year. I didn't think he played very well down the stretcher in the in the final four there, especially the championship game against Gonzaga. Wish he would would have come back, but I guess that's neither here nor there. Uh, before we go into some of these other conferences, uh, by now, unless you've you know lived under a rock or in a pineapple under the sea, you know that uh, the that college basketball has been hit by the FBI with an investigation, and there's multiple assistant coaches who have been canned, uh, programs under scrutiny like at, you know, Auburn, Louisville, of course, is the main one with uh, with Patino, uh, but Arizona's losing, uh, lost a, an assistant coach, Oklahoma State has lost an assistant coach, uh, like I said, Southern Cal. It, so this whole thing, un- unfortunately. It is going to cloud the college basketball season, which is a real shame. And I really, so that sucks first and foremost. I still love the sport. I know you love the sport too. Uh, and I would just hope that at some point they could get done with the stupid one and done rule. Um, I guess do it as it was before. Let guys go to the NBA fresh out of high school if they really want. Otherwise, you got to go to college for minimum two years. Because I, I do think it's destroying the game, which is why it was so refreshing to see guys like um, uh, like Miles Bridges from Michigan State return for his sophomore year. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I like to see him go for two years. Um, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot during the season that comes out or the investigation. And even when it is over, I don't think that there's going to be much change. Like we all pretty much knew this was going on, but uh, so FBI gets into it, and there was some law break. I'm still not sure what the hell the law was, but um, it doesn't doesn't seem to be seem to be good. But you should probably pay your players legally, and uh, I think that's where we're headed. Let's go to the Big Twelve now. Uh, I mean, Brad Underwood he jumped ship. From Oklahoma State after one year, right? Didn't he go to take over the job at Illinois? So yes. uh, I, I think Oklahoma State might be in for a bit of a down year. Uh, Baylor's going to be right there. Kansas, of course, is the is the cream of the crop in this conference. But Texas should be good. They got a guy with what, like a seven foot six wingspan, uh, just 
and he's just an amazingly long dude. And you got uh, West Virginia, Bob Huggins. They should be good. Iowa State doesn't look like they're very good this year. Terrible. Uh, TCU, maybe Jamie Dixon. They were kind of close last year. Maybe Jamie Dixon can get TCU in the mix. Overall, I kind of see, I see half of the big t- uh, 12 field making the tournament I think it's just going to be a matter of who's left out is it Kansas State is it Oklahoma State um, I guess that would be who I would leave out right now I would keep Kansas Baylor Texas West Virginia and TCU in don't like Texas don't like your guys Shaka Smart this has been a uh, what is this year three coming up yes this has been a disappointment um Big disappointment. Uh, Big 12, not a difficult conference. Uh, Texas is bad. Or they disappoint in everything, it seems like. So I do think TCU makes it in there. It's pretty goddamn boring to watch. But, um, yeah, they were uh, an interesting team last year that almost, almost got in. Uh, So I like the TCU to get in for the first time in a long time. And, of course, Kansas uh, wins it for the 14th, 15th straight year. Yep. Uh, the Big East is going to be absolutely phenomenal, too. And that's why it's it's difficult trying to peg all of these you know teams in the conference. Like, who's going to make it in or not? Because you, you could have 10 deserving teams in there, but there's just not enough spots. And the Big East, I feel like, is going to be phenomenal this year. You got Butler. Our Butler squad's always in there. Seton Hall, I've heard people say this Angel Delgado and, you know, is I mean, we, we've seen him the last couple of years in the NCAA tournament, but Seton Hall might have their best team in a really long time. I, I shouldn't say our Butler team. It's our Xavier squad. Uh, That's right. Uh, Vill- oh. Villanova's going to be good. I don't know if Ed Cooley's going to be able to uh, lead Providence back to the tournament, but you know, Creighton, we'll see if they can, can make a run at it again. Patrick Ewing's at Georgetown. I think they're probably a year or so away from really making some noise. But you look at this here, I will just peg Butler, Seton Hall, Creighton, Xavier, and Villanova as five teams that will make it out of the Big East. But you, you could certainly see a couple more. I think Providence gets in the tournament by a hair. Okay. By a hair, stack, and by a hair. That's, uh, that is, Cooley, that is such Cooley. a shot at him. That is such, such a, a shot, shot at Ed Cooley, but I love it. There you go. They lost to Minnesota. Minnesota seems to be good this year. So Very good. Uh, Villanova. Again, remind me not to pick them to do shit. Yep, yep. You, you and I uh, are in agreement on them. Uh, Xavier, Elite Eight last year. Very excited. Uh, Clemson, I was very happy. Uh, Houston Astros, very happy. Uh, Xavier, Xavier is the next target. Wanting to win the whole goddamn thing. So, uh, Xavier, let's get on Xavier. One thing that we will uh, stress right now, and then we will stress again when you know, when we make all our picks right before the tournament starts and the best show that we do all year, or the one that we have the most fun with anyway, um, pick Xavier to go two games and pick Villanova to lose in the second round or the Sweet 16. And I'll watch that. Now that we say that, Xavier's going to bow out early and Villanova's going to make a big run. I hope that's not the case, but but we, we will see. Travion Blewett, senior for Xavier, he's great. Yes, My he average is. 20 points this year. Yes, he is. Um, Big Ten, wait, we talk about loaded squads here, loaded teams. The Big Ten is certainly up there. Um, I'm kind of fascinated with Brad Underwood uh, just because he's been with my Stephen F. 
A squad uh, for the few years and then went to Oklahoma State. So I'm curious to see what he can do right away in year one there at Illinois. Iowa, they're fine. Ohio State, they're decent. I think they take a step back. Um, Purdue, Purdue's good. Michigan State's the best team in the in the bunch here. Uh, I I am all on uh, Tom Izzo and company here, uh, especially with what I say Bridges, who I think is going to be the player of the year in college basketball. I'll just you know I'll take him over uh, Bagley the third at uh, at Duke. Minnesota's going to be phenomenal this year. Can Northwestern make it back to the NCAA tournament for the first, you know, I mean, they made it the first time last year. Can they make it back? I think they can. Wisconsin's going to be good. Uh, Based on what I've seen so far from Indiana, that doesn't look like it's going to be very good. Maybe Maryland gets bounced out a little bit here. So, again, kind of like the ACC, you can certainly, I'd say, look at seven or eight teams minimum from the Big Ten making it this year. Uh, Michigan State, LSE, if they uh, do, they got to do better than last year. They, they were will. they were the biggest disappointment, biggest disappointment of every anybody. They had a lot of injuries so, uh, last year. To be fair, yep, they did, and they almost got in there at the end. Um, well, they I did. They they won a they won a, the the first round game against Miami. Oh yeah, well, they even got in. Shit, yeah, they played. Uh, was it Kansas? Really close. Then they lost back to seven eight. Yep. Huh. They beat Miami, and then they were hanging with Kansas for a while in that first half, and then Kansas kind of uh, ran away from them. So, yeah, if they're healthy, they they have the best players. Um, Big Ten was down last year. Wasn't very good, I thought. Uh, I think Purdue is the second-best team in this thing. I think Northwestern gets it again. They were a fun team to watch. They almost knocked off Gonzaga. That was a fun game. Uh, a lot of folks close to us seem to think the Gophers are going to do something. As always, I will stay clear of the Gophers and pick them to lose the, you know, whoever they play in that first round. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, Wisconsin seems like they're always a pesky SLB. So maybe, um, maybe only seven. Seven, maybe eight teams get it. Pac-12. Illinois, yeah. with, with Underwood, he plays a different style. Uh, it's a fun style. Uh, pressure defense and uh, run and gun. Uh, the style you play if you play video games, I would assume. So, yeah, Illinois has not been good for a while. So, strange that he did what he did. But uh, if they get Illinois back up, that would be that would be good this season. His, his teams are fun to watch. Yes, and... You know that's why I think yeah, I I didn't buy him at Oklahoma State last year. I thought maybe it would take a, a year or so for him to get Oklahoma State you know back to where they needed to be after Travis Ford was fired. And and now maybe I'm a little concerned that I'm buying into the Illinois hype a little bit. But it, look at his track record; it's been very good. Uh, so I think I am going to take a flyer on him and 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 say that Illinois is going to make the tournament this year. But I mean, that I, it's a tough conference. So, I mean, it's a lot more difficult than the Big 12. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I don't think they're getting in, but hopefully in a couple of years, I think they'll be fine. Pac-12, uh, I, I love Arizona this year. I don't know why. Oh, I, I don't. Oh, I don't know why. I, Lonzo Trier, or, um, you know, Trier's coming back, so that's big for Arizona. Uh, they have some good freshmen coming in. Uh, however, Sean Miller uh, routinely fails in the 
in the national tournament, uh, in the NCAA tournament. But I'm going to take them to make it this well, year. He went, what, he went to, uh, yeah, he stayed there. Brother, what brother is at Indiana? Archie is at uh, Indiana. Yep, he, he moved from Dayton. So, um, I, But I really like them this year. Washington's kind of an odd team because they had so many good, they had such a good recruiting class coming into this year. You know, they had the what the, the Porter kid, Michael Porter, and now he's in Missouri. Uh, I think that they still have a couple within that class, but Lorenzo Romar's not there. So Washington's kind of a, a curious team to me. USC, Randy Edfield, uh, we know what he did at Florida Gulf Coast. He's doing a great job there. UCLA has the the China and the LiAngelo Ball thing. They're they're back in the United States now, though, so that's great news. Hopefully, UCLA does the right thing and suspends the three indefinitely, or maybe for all year. And yeah, I mean, I just you know, yes, you have Utah in there and Oregon. I think will make it, but they aren't going to do much of anything because their trio decided, oh hey, let's leave. Uh-huh. Uh, to go to the NBA and be second round draft picks because we'll make a lot of money doing that versus coming back to make another Final Four run with Oregon. Huge, monumental disappointment uh, all the way around, but Oregon should be good there. Overall, Pac-12 very weak. I will say that probably four teams make it out of this conference. Is there only four? Four, maybe five. Five tops. I would push it to maybe six. Uh, Arizona remind me we're not we're not doing Arizona. Okay. Uh, USC. Uh, weren't they were they in the playing game last year? Uh, or they went, yeah. they won like twenty six. They won a bunch of games, like twenty six games. Yes. Yep. They but, they were uh, in the playing uh, game last year, and then they uh, SMU had them in the first round, and then USC inexplicably came back and won. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. There. Um. They returned basically everybody from last year's team, so that's why. At USC, I don't think they're a top 10 team. If that's a bit much, but um, they put up some points. They're a very balanced team. They really don't have one. Walt Wright is their, is their guy, but um, they got uh, they go, <clears throat> you know, four or five guys that can maybe put up double digits. Uh, Arizona, just disappointed again. Why don't you? Uh, UCLA, I liked them last year. They got a guy named Prince Ali. He's a great goddamn name, Prince Ali. Fabulous uh, Ali, Ali Ababwa? Yes, he was in the original. The original... Uh, Aladdin. The original movie. Very, uh, very Aladdin, nice. very good. What? Uh, Aaron Holiday is their point guard, and he uh, came off the bench uh, this, this last year for ball. Um, so he's... I think he's a very good player. I didn't get enough credit last year. They had a center, Thomas Welsh, a big white guy that can shoot a little bit. So, uh, UCLA should be fine. Probably not as good as last year. Probably not scoring all the points they did last year because they were one of my uh, favorite teams to watch. So, right, because they would routinely score 90 a game. Very yeah. exciting. Uh, Stanford and Utah, those would be my two bubble teams. Everybody else is trash. Yeah, I I agree with, uh, with Utah there being a bubble team and Stanford. Oregon State had a lot of injuries last year. Um, but I, I don't think Wayne Tinkle is going to be able to do anything with that squad this year. Um, so I, I will when, go. When, yeah. When we when we were kids, you had Aladdin, you had The Lion King, yes, you had Toy Story, you had all of these great movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't 
now it seems like it's all the superhero movies, which I don't give a shit about at all. Absolutely, I, I agree with, with you. They, uh, they're going to remake The Lion King here in the next couple of years. Uh, Toy Story, there's been a bunch of them. But uh, what has happened? What is happening? I'm sure they're out there. Goddamn, those were some of the all-time greats, I would say. Well, when baby stacking comes... Um, there's a lot of garbage yeah, on, like the you know, Nickelodeon Cartoon Network has gone so downhill. I don't know if, if you remember, you know, back in the day though they had, you know, you know, Scooby Doo on and and uh, you know it was you know they had what the Flintstones and the Jetsons. Now you have to find those on Boomerang. You know, there's Tom and Jerry on in the afternoon. Now there's just you know like Uncle Grandpa. Like what the hell is this? This is terrible stuff. So, I haven't seen a funny cartoon in a Coons age. Uh, where are these at? I have no idea. Boomerang. I saw the. I don't. I don't get that. They. Uh, I saw on Twitter uh, for a Bugs Bunny Warner Warner Brothers thing, right? Mm-hmm. They um. They had a disclaimer on there about other uh, some racially insensitive insensitive things uh, with the cartoons. So they had to. Uh, so they had to, uh, to put that on there for a disclaimer. So if they're you know making fun of Native Americans or or things like that. So that uh, may be part of the reason, but uh, those were very good back in the day. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. And then, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see, you know, give me the Sesame Streets, the Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, I mean, I sure. loved Thomas growing up. Um, and yeah, just let, let you know the little world of Richard Scary. Let's bring that out here. Uh, but but yeah, we're gonna old school baby stack in here because there's a lot of garbage yep. on right now. However, uh, I I have heard there's some there's some good young things out there that I will you know Paw Patrol or um, uh, Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger I hear is 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 a big thing these days, uh, and it's a good thing. So um, I'm sure I'll can't can't, can't say I'm familiar. No. With no. Any of that. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not either. I mean, it's gonna come as I go, but I hear Daniel Tiger's big. Anyway, what what yeah. do you think of ESPN's new little score bug here? This is not good. This is bad. Um, is it that you know? Oh, the like how they show the score now. Yes, it's a little big for my liking. A little too thick. Not. I'm sure I'll get used to it in a week. Been, but they, they unveiled it for the NBA. Correct or is this different? I'm not sure. I've been watching enough NBA. I, I don't okay. like this. I think it's got to be different than the NBA. My, it's got to be different. I, I'm not. By I don't. A, I'm not buying like TV it. right now. So, oh, but I do recall it from the Georgia Tech UCLA game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was a, it was a little big. It was a little big, for, too big for my liking. I mean, TBS baseball had the little damn thing in the left corner. Now this is too damn big. So you got to find a uh, compromise. Here. Yeah, you got your ratios. Got to be a little better. Got to be a little yes. better. Uh, SEC, this looks like it's going to be a very uh, good conference this year. I, th- I think some people forget that you know Ben Howland is at Mississippi State. So I don't think you can discount uh, Mississippi State at all. But I am going to go all on board here with Missouri. You get Michael oh. Porter. You got a couple other guys in there. Quanzo Martin, I think, is a pretty decent head coach. So I like Missouri to make the tournament this year. Kentucky, oh, uh, Kentucky, of course, is Kentucky. Uh, they're going to do it. Alabama, I think Avery Johnson might get Alabama in the tournament this year. We'll see what Arkansas can do. They're good. A lot of people love Texas A&M. Um, that's great. I'd love to see Tennessee and Vanderbilt in it. I like Rick Barnes. He got fired at Texas. 
But Tennessee's kind of struggling a little bit this year, and you know we'll see what Vanderbilt can do. I am all in on Florida. Big run last year. I think they can do it again this year. I might take a back seat to Frank Martin and South Carolina this year, but I see uh, one, two, three, four, five, minimum six teams from the SEC, maybe as high as eight. I don't like this conference either. Oh, boy. Four? And what four? I I mean, Kentucky, of course, and Florida. Florida, A&M, Alabama. <clears throat> Auburn better get something done because Auburn's already get uh, the hell lock out on here with the sanctions. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, Porter Jr. can do here. Maybe he can get Missouri. I think, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of maybe three or four bubble teams uh, from this conference. But yep. I'll go just with four. Uh, and uh, surprisingly, Kentucky has a bunch of freshmen again, and only freshmen. Oh, what a shock there. What a shock. Okay, so you, we went through like six conferences, and it feels like we have like 40 teams in there. So no doubt, I mean, that there's going to be some changes in here. A couple other minor conferences here, uh, and I shouldn't say minor, but um, a couple other conferences here that certainly deserve merit. Uh, the American, in large part because they have Wichita State in there this year, and Wichita State is damn good. Uh, I'm I'm back on the Wichita bandwagon. I didn't. I told you I wasn't kicking you off. I said, "Make room for me. Uh, we can yeah. ride on this wagon together." And you said, uh, "No, I don't want to be on this wagon here." Are you just completely done with Wichita State, or can you see them making a, a significant run this year? I think they will be very good. But my team, my team this year, the Wolfpack of Nevada. And so, I have heard uh, some good things. That, yeah, they have some damn good players on that team. They played Rhode Island last night in the middle of the night. Uh, I watched the last eight minutes, and uh, I liked what I saw. So a good win over a, what, a Rhode Island team that won a tournament game last year. Yep, so, should have won two. I'm all in, all in on Nevada. All right. Uh, how many of their starters did they return from last year? I, I want to say they lost one, maybe two. One? They got a couple. They got some uh, some transfers, though. So that's what I'm uh, looking forward to. There, I, they've got uh, yeah. Yep, I will. I will buy in with you on Nevada. Um, and I, yeah, that's a team that there's a Cinderella Sweet Sixteen team waiting to happen here. But I think Wichita State's a potential Final Four team this year. Yeah, could be. I'm not picking them to make it to the Final Four, but I'm saying that it could happen. No, I'm not. Uh, Tubby Smith at Memphis. I'd love to see him. Uh, do some good stuff, but I can't do it. UConn, Kevin Ollie, nope, not there. Uh, Cincinnati is going to be damn good again. Uh, uh, Cronin there does so many good things. Uh, so I like Mick Cronin and Cincinnati to make a significant run. SMU, do we think they can make it back? I think it comes down to SMU, UConn, and Memphis um, to give this team or to give this conference three teams because I see m- at max. Three coming out of the American. I think Central Florida is going to get in. Okay. What 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 about Central Florida? Do you like so much? Uh, they got a tra- They got four transfers. One guy from Michigan, uh, Aubrey Dawkins, and uh, Taco Fall. Been following him for a few years. He's a seven-six guy. Yep. He is a real. Um. So he was exciting to watch. Uh. At uh, seven-six. So he's always up. Uh, 
uh, I love their courts. Their court is black. It's uh, fun as fun as hell. So uh, yeah, American. I like uh, I like Central Florida to get in. Uh, maybe Yukon can do something. And of course, Temple. I always love Temple. Um, so those would be maybe four four teams to get in this year. Okay. Uh, the A10. I've heard many good things about St. Bonaventure this year. Kind of being uh, that uh, that mid major you know, th- with the likes of Nevada. Uh, we'll see what happens there. They lost uh, a, a bad game though to Niagara, so maybe they aren't uh, ready for this moment yet. But I will say that St. I mean they were a bubble team last year. I will say that St. Bonaventure gets in along with Rhode Island. Um, VCU, VCU, do we yep. get VCU in there? A Dayton, I think, is going to take yeah. a step back uh, because Archie Miller's not there. Um, so that sucks. Uh, you mentioned George Mason earlier. Is there something that I'm missing with George Mason? No, they won't. Uh, they're not getting in, but they gave Louisville a game on Sunday. True. So, yeah. True. Um, so I, I guess I see from the A10. Three, no more than four teams. I mean, you can never count out the St. Joe's Hawks. But uh, I'll go St. Bonaventure, Rhode Island, and VCU. Give me uh, St. Joe's in there as well, and give me Dayton. Dayton has a kid. His name is Anadokupo, and he is the brother of the Milwaukee Anadokupo. But if you want to see Dayton do some stuff, watch them. Oh man, you know what? I should really look at rosters more in depth. Very exciting. That, Very exciting. That almost that sways me uh-huh. significantly because Ante Tacupo is just a f- absolute beast with Milwaukee in the NBA. Uh, his oh boy, that's mmm. Mm. You like it? You like it? I do. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, that that I might have to think about that. The college basketball preview is uh, is coming at some point during the year. Um, I'm hoping to get it out later this week, right? You know, around Thursday. But you know, shit kind of just happens. Life happens. Um, you got you got all these uh, tournaments I assume coming up around Thanksgiving, which are fun. Yep. Uh, Saint Bonaventure, they got a couple of guards who could both average twenty points. So uh, Saint Bonaventure, uh, they could put up some points uh, in their backcourt. Uh, VCU is always good to watch. They've always got a bunch of, you know, seniors on that team. And uh, Rhode Island saw them, uh, saw them last night. Uh, I think they're going to win the conference. They're, they're a pretty good team. And uh, I think Rhode Island's probably going to win a game the tournament again. Oakland, uh, a lot of people seem to be on Oakland scoring. They like to score a bunch of points. Um, that means that we could see Greg Campy in there. Milwaukee beat Iowa State. Uh, again, you don't want to put too much stock into you know some of these early games, but that's certainly significant. So I'm going to say it comes down to Miami and Oakland in the horizon. I'll take, um, I, I will take Oakland though, and uh, a lot of people seem to be on either like maybe Yale, Harvard. Who I mean, I don't. The Ivy always has a tough team that comes out, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, the, the Missouri Valley Conference, no one gives a shit about uh, anymore. Illinois oh, State uh, or Northern Iowa, I would say. Um, yeah, other other than that here, I guess, I mean, well, for, uh, oh, the, the WCC, of course, we got to mention St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Gonzaga's, I thought Gonzaga would be a Final Four team again this year, and then everyone left. So uh, Mark Fuse got his work cut out for him. A couple other teams I should mention here that you might want to take note of. I was already on Vermont. 
before they gave Kentucky fits. So Vermont's a team to watch out for, especially in the American. They'll win the American East, and I think they will pose a problem for whoever they play, assuming they make it to the NCAA tournament. And I like the scrappiness, what I saw from Utah Valley um, against uh, against Kentucky as well. Uh, I don't know what necessarily will happen. I mean, I... I Tend to look past the New Mexico states and the you know the Baker Fields. Maybe Grand Canyon is Grand Canyon even eligible for the tournament this year? It seems like we've been waiting for them, and they have to have some seniors that um, are able to. Like, is this the year that they are eligible? Because if they're eligible, I'll take sure. Grand Canyon. And I think they probably have one more year. But but Dan Molly's our coach. Uh, yeah, they uh, had a bunch of wins. Had a bunch of wins. So hopefully, whenever they get. Uh, Eligible, see if they can win with uh, their, their conference. And then I guess we'll we'll focus on the Summit League, if unless there's any other small conferences you would like to get to here. But I've been, ever since the end of the season last year, and just kind of looking how it all goes. Of course, IUPUI they up and left. Uh, Fort Wayne, I got to think is is close to following. Um, maybe Western Illinois. Oh, I think Western Illinois will stay. Um, but I think it would be wise if Fort Wayne would leave, and then soon the Summit League and the Missouri Valley can just, uh, you know, combine together here. I think that would be great. But having said all that, I think it's the Dakota schools and or the South Dakota schools, USD and SDSU, and then it's everyone else. Um, I'm not buying into the buys in this year. Uh, Fort Wayne disappointed last year with John Conchar and everything, so not going to buy what they're selling here. But when you have the best player in the conference and Mike Dom, I think that is reason enough why you know in the preseason the media picked SDSU to win this or win the Summit League, and that's fine. But man, South Dakota, yes, they lost Flack, and I I hate saying this, I I do, I really do. But they lose, you know, Tyler Flack, that's fine. Trey Dickerson, I mean, and Flack was a good player. But I mean, they they lose Trey Dickerson to Georgetown for whatever reason. Um, but they still have Matt Mooney, and he is yeah. We saw him at the at the Summit League tournament last year. Damn, what a sharpshooter he is! Uh, he is just phenomenal. And you know, if they bring back the majority of their team, I I gotta believe that they are you know using that loss, that blown lead to SDSU in the semis last year as motivation. For this year, uh, I I just really like USD. I think it, it's going to be USD and SDSU in the championship game. At least it should be. Um, but S, but USD has a lot more seniors this year. So if there is a time for USD to win the Summit League, it is this year. And Mike Dom, assuming he comes back. Uh, is going to, next year will lead SDSU to the Summit League title. So I'm going to say USD wins it this year, SDSU wins it next year. But if SDSU wins it, I'm not going to be shocked at all because you do have the best player in the conference and a potential, you know, All-American. Here he's already enlisted like fourth or fifth of All-American teams, but we'll see if he can maybe get to second team All-American in Mike Dom. So um, I guess as I ramble on and on, I just think USD's got it, but I'm not going to discount SDSU at all whatsoever. They are the two best teams in this league. Yeah, it's going to be those two in your championship game. Uh, Mooney's the guy that if he's on another team, you hate him, but if he's on your team, you'll love him. Yes. Uh, I think 
I think NDSU is still the third best team in this conference, and then everybody else uh, is kind of just there. Uh, I think Dom stays uh, for another year. Yep. I don't think he's going to go early. Uh, again, I think he's going to probably average 25 points again. He's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I think last week I had mentioned North Dakota State played USC. Yep. And uh, this was a two-point game with 3.45 to go. So, again, don't like USC as a top-10 team. I think the Bison are the third-best team in the conference. So they gave uh, USC a game here a couple nights ago and uh, what for the majority of that first half. So I agree with you. That, uh, sorry. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I I agree with you that North Dakota State's probably the third best team in this conference, but I I guess I just don't see them being I mean it I I guess I just see it's USD, SDSU, and then NDSU is a distant third. Yes, yeah. I mean, uh you would like to avoid them. I think the one seed is important this year. If North Dakota State gets the three, you would like to avoid them in a semifinal matchup. So I think uh, one seed, two seed, going to be important. And Omaha is not going to make it uh, this year, unfortunately, because they lost what Thurman uh, to. They're they're a fun team to watch. They score a bunch of points. Uh, They made it to the championship game last year. That was a very good game against SDSU. But uh, I don't think Omaha is going to do a lot. And we'll see what uh, Billups can do at Denver. Billups, yeah. Uh, Denver's got a 6'10 center, so he could maybe cause some problems. And that, that Joe um, Rom, right? I mean, that's Daniel, not his name, but they but they have Rom. Sure. Yeah, Daniel Amigo uh, is this guy at 15 and 7 last year as a sophomore, so there's really no huge post players, uh, especially when you look at SDSU and USD. So maybe he could cause some trouble, but uh, yeah, it's the Dakotas, and it's uh, yeah, we're still five months away from this thing. And uh, last year was probably the best year. The, the, the women didn't get it done, but on the men's side, uh, two classic games for SDSU, and that was uh, great to watch. Um, somehow the Summer League tournament gets better every year. So they've got uh, they've got one more one more thing here with with uh, an all South Dakota final, maybe on both sides. So uh, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I. On the women's side, I mean, SDSU is just head and shoulders above everyone else. I mean, Macy Miller's coming back, has played really good. Uh, Maya Sellen, she's f- phenomenal. But you have uh, the, Madison Giebert. How could I forget her? Uh, Miller coming back, though, I think is is the, the the straw that stirs this drink. And she's been great. I will... You know, with IUPUI out, which sucks... Because that means we don't get to see our boy Austin Parkinson anymore. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, you know what I think of JD Gravina and uh, what he's done at Western Illinois. I, I do like Omaha. I think, but they lost a couple of gals last year, so I think it's going to be. Most importantly, for Omaha, their coach is still there, so that's all we care about. Yes, oh, that is all we care about, no doubt. Uh, and of course, you have USD in there too. But I think those are, without a doubt, the four best teams in that division. I'll probably say Western Illinois gets back to the Summit League Championship game. Yeah, we never got to see Western last year. That was a pretty good, a pretty good championship game uh, between Western and what IUPUI last year. Yep, very so, good. <laughs> this is uh, South Dakota State to win. Again, 
And uh, yeah, probably them, them and Western again. I'm sure you. I mean, USD is good. USD is in the mix as well. Uh, everybody else, you don't really have to worry about. Hopefully, the bottom of this league can be a whole hell of a lot better than they were last year because I believe they had three teams in the bottom 50 RPI wise. So you can't have that. Uh, Fort right. Wayne is going to be absolute trash. And they get um, to come this year because there's eight teams. As congratulations to the PFW. It's going to be a long ride there. Noon on a Saturday. It'll be fun for them. Uh, Emily Clemens for Western Illinois. Uh, she's a good little player. Did you have uh, a triple-double yeah. last year in the championship game? Uh, you may have, yeah. the semifinals? She had one of the better games, yeah, from what we've seen in our game near 10 years of watching it. So, uh, Western Illinois, a uh, fun team to watch. See if we can get that. Uh, it's a new matchup that we haven't seen yet. But, um, yeah, this, this Jackrabbit team, uh, very much on paper, one of the best teams they've ever had. So, um, hopefully, they've got Louisville and Oklahoma in a couple weeks, and I would like to see them knock off uh, one of those. Yep, I, I think they can certainly do it this year. Uh, Louisville and Oklahoma better come with their A game. Because uh, I would say, I, I think it's pretty evident, well, maybe not evidence the right word, but when Notre Dame came, I mean, SDSU gave them a game for long stretches of it. Notre Dame, I think, if I recall correctly, kind of pulled away in the third quarter. SDSU yep. tried to make a run in the fourth quarter, just couldn't get it over there. Neither Louisville or Oklahoma is better than that Notre Dame team that came to Frost last no. year. So I think SDSU certainly has a chance to knock off at least one of them. Outside of Connecticut, Notre Dame's been the best college basketball team in the last 10 years. So that's how good they are. And um, last year, I thought... Uh, SDSU should have gotten in as an at-large, mm-hmm. but uh, they did not. Uh, Northern Iowa did, which I didn't think was deserving compared to SDSU when they play again this year. I have no doubt that uh, SDSU will win that game again by uh, double digits, so hopefully it doesn't come down to that, but I think uh, maybe SDSU, if things go well, see how their resume looks, uh, if they can lose no more than one game in the conference, Maybe they can get a 10 seed. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. Let, yeah, We're a 6 seed. Let's get a 6 seed, SDSU. Let's see what you can do. A 6 seed? <laughs> well, well, probably yeah, not going to be a 6 seed. Probably not okay. going to happen, but oh. I mean, at least, you know, they're getting they're getting votes in the coaches poll and everything. Um, and I believe you mentioned it here on the on the, uh, on the the Google chat here that they have to win on, on Sunday. They have to win a Sweet 16, or make it to the Sweet 16 here one of these two years, or at least win a, an NCAA, another NCAA tournament game, but Sweet 16 would be nice. They've been good enough twice to do that, and they, by all rights, should have. They were the better team in both of those instances mm-hmm. in uh, 09 and 2015. So, and this is, I mean, we knew what Miller was going to be, um, best high school player in the state of South Dakota, now that they get her for two more years, that's great. But Giebert, I think, is one of the ten best players they've ever had. And I think Maya Sellen uh, has the possibility to be one of the ten best players they've ever had as well. So a very deep team, and when you have three of the ten best players to ever play at South Dakota State playing for the next two years, uh, you need to win at least a one, if not to win tournament games both of these next two years. Yes, agreed, and I would love to see the NCAA Women's Tournament have a round in Sioux Falls 
and have SDSU there. That would be good. Do that. Um, give them a little home court advantage. By the way, it was Joe Rosga. That's who I was thinking of for Denver. Ah, yes. For Denver. So, college basketball. There. Oh, let's let's pick the final four teams here. Um, now that we're all th- through it all, I might switch here. Um, I, I I don't know if I dare do it. I'm pay- I'm taking Michigan State for sure out of the Big Ten. I'm gonna take Arizona. I don't know why. I'm, I'm going on Sean with, with Sean Miller here. I should maybe go with Sean Miller's former team, Xavier, or Wichita State. Those two I w- I've been flirting with. I'm gonna go Florida, and then. I said Kentucky Sunday night. I might switch it to Duke, though. Um, Bagley the third fella, he's very good. Can stay healthy. Uh, we'll see what... Uh, There's some guy that's dead right now for Duke. I don't know who this is, but... Uh, well, if it's Bagley the third, then I'm then I'm keeping it Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it looks fairly serious. They have towels covering, uh, you know... They're like, they have a towel blocking the view, so I don't know what's going on here or who this gentleman is. This is Bagley. Hi, hi, hi. So that's not good. Okay. So, so, uh, so yep, we're not doing that then. Um, you see, I mean, you see, he's walking. I don't know what happened if he hit his head or he seems to be walking fine. I think it's, it looks like it's his head at the moment. Okay. Um, well, I thought you... Not initially, I thought great. you said cows were covering him. Like, what the hell? They're not playing in a pasture. It's towels, towels, towels. Oh, he just, he just got, he got, he got, he got poked in the eye. So sorry for uh, making this more than it was. Uh, okay. He was down way too long. It, it looked pretty goddamn serious. He got the full uh, knuckle deep in his eye from his teammate. So not good. So okay. uh, vaguely, I, 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 uh, questionable, questionable here uh, for the rest of the way. I, I, Kentucky's looked so underwhelming these first couple of games, and I'm never going to pick Kansas. I, I just not there. Are, there are some teams, and I don't know why I'm thinking Arizona this year then, because Arizona routinely disappoints. But I put them in. I will say, right now, if Bagley can stay healthy, I will take Duke. If not, I will sub them for Kentucky. But those are my final four teams right now. I will say that Bagley stays healthy, and I'll go Duke. I'll I'll pull a switcheroo over Kentucky. Duke, Arizona, Michigan State, and Florida? Yep. Okay. I'm going to go Duke to win the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to pick Cincinnati. I'm going to pick Xavier. Two. Two teams from the same conference. I do like your Florida pick. I always like Florida. Wait. Those would be my two. You said Cincinnati, Xavier, and... Duke. Duke and you know what? This might not be on the wagon. Let's give it to the Shockers, folks. Let's give it to them. Holy shit. So we have two in the American, one in the Big East, and one in the ACC. That's, yeah, that's out go. there. But you know what? Lastly, what? I think this is a much better chance than last year. What did you pick, if I recall, last year? You picked Wisconsin, Indiana, Louis- the teams. Louisville, and what was the other team? Uh, Saint Bonaventure. It was all red teams. Yeah, I Yep. I like it. I like it though. I I like it a lot. Like I said, I was close to picking Xavier and Wichita State. I think Cincinnati is going to be good. Um, I will pick Michigan State to win it all. Um, and therefore have just cursed Izzo squad. But I will take uh-huh. Michigan State to win it all this year. Yeah, Duke. I like Duke. So look impressive here against Michigan State. Bunch of freshmen. 
and Ted Cruz. So, yeah, they're pretty good. Very good. It's going to be an excellent college basketball season. Um, and, what, and quickly here, before we go, and before if you, unless you have anything else here, I'd like to uh, throw Florida State under the bus right now. The, fo- the football team, not the basketball team. Switch it back to football here. Last week, they're about to play Clemson. Clemson's going to beat them. We, we know that. But there's a, there's a new scroll, I think it was on Thursday before, that Florida State has now... Uh, they're going to play ULM, Louisiana Monroe, on December 2nd. And this was a game that was canceled due to Hurricane Irma. And this infuriates me because it's just downright... It's a money grab at the at bare minimum here by Florida State because they have Delaware State this week, Florida next week, and then if they can win those two games, this game against ULM would be to get them to bowl eligibility. They're 3-6 and six right now. So to Florida State, I'm going to say F you, Florida State. Just this, this, I, oh, I am deeply upset about this. This is, you know what, I, I get outraged over, you know, some little things every once in a while. You know, the things that maybe you wouldn't get up, upset about and, and whatnot. But this, this I think has some legitimate claim. And I don't know why more people aren't, uh, throwing shade at Florida State and saying what a disgraceful um, act this is because this is this is downright sickening. Yeah, I'm surprised they did that. I mean, it's bullshit. Um, obviously, if they were, you know, what we thought Florida State was going to be this year, this uh, would not happen. But uh, we're trying to get to that bowl game, and um, yeah, I, I hope they I hope they lose to Florida. Both teams look like garbage right now, but uh, yeah, very very. Uh, dirty, very dirty. It feels very dirty. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, it's just to get. Oh, how many years in a row have they made it to a bowl game? I just to hell with them. To hell with you, Florida State. Get, you know, get injured. I don't care what happens. Lose, lose another quarterback. Lose another wide receiver. Jimbo Fisher and uh, the athletic department there should be uh, absolutely ashamed of themselves uh, for doing this here because they would not do this. I guarantee you, they would have not done. They would not do this. If they weren't trying to get to a bowl game, they won't come out and say it, but that's the underlying factor in this. That is 100 percent right. 100 percent true. Fucking Florida State. Ah. Anyway, uh, anything else from you before we say so long? The game of the week this week is Xavier at Wisconsin. Go X's. Yes. Also on Sunday night, USC is at Vanderbilt. Be wary of the upsets. Yes. And may, and may I say, uh, Gophers' non-conference schedule is poop. <laughs> uh, okay, so now I have to pull this up here. They play Miami. I assume that's the uh, Big Ten ACC. Uh, they have they have Alabama. Other than that, it's bad. They do play Harvard in January. Um, so... Miami and Alabama are their two good ones. Hey, wait, you just said that Providence, though, is going to be a tournament team, and they went to Providence and beat them. So give them a little more credit. This this non-conference schedule is a little better than last year. I mean, we're looking at the Alabama A&M, Niagara, Western Carolina. Not not Drake. Drake is the the doorstep of the Mo Valley. Uh, Oral Roberts, not not good anymore. Uh, Florida Atlantic, they do got Harvard, so that's a tricky one. 
uh, December 30th, but not not a very great UMass here. Uh, let's see, got Rutgers at home. Hey, they're at Arkansas. That's a good one. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this uh, this a little more. Uh, I'm gonna give them a little more credit than you. I think here. I think this is actually a, a relatively decent schedule. Um, Niagara, Western Carolina, and Alabama A and M are doorsteps, uh, but you get Alabama, Miami, Arkansas in there. Then you get a little break with Drake, ORU, and Florida Atlantic before a little tough test with Harvard. So I, I like this, and uh, I believe this year the Big Ten tournament is getting bumped up a week so they can play it at Madison Square Garden. Not a big fan of that. Not um, I am not that, either. That's not good. That's not good. Um, they're in, yeah, I want to see what these holiday tournaments are next week. I'm always, always very excited. Uh, Battle for Atlantis and such. Yes, agreed. Agreed. All right. Thank you, my friend. Uh, rest up, heal up, and uh, we'll talk next week before Turkey Day. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Crins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Podcast. Appreciate his time and perspective, as always. Huge, you know, we're big into college basketball. Yes, it's got a cloud over it with the FBI investigation, but still love it. And, um, yeah, we'll just see who cuts down the nets. I like Michigan State. He likes Duke playing in the Classic Championship, so, or the Champions Classic. So, should be good, as always. Uh, we'll talk more college football, though, coming up next here. Charlie Hildebrand, stop by for a little bit. And wrap up the podcast, as we always do, with... Uh, some uh, look back at the NFL week and a look ahead here. All coming up here. Sports Block Podcast now available on iTunes. All right, continuing here. Sports Block Podcast. Pleased to be joined by my good friend from the Sioux City Journal, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I wish I had my own Miami Hurricanes turnover, Jane. It's that be better than opposed to the Miami Dolphins turnover chain, right? That's, that's right. Uh, you don't want that. You, you automatically get syphilis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or eaten by a shark. Uh, but yeah, let, okay. Let's just start there. I mean, what we went into this weekend, I think, getting the sense that perhaps the college football playoff picture would be a little more defined because essentially you had two elimination games, Notre Dame and Miami, and also TCU-Oklahoma. And I think we can say with certainty now that Notre Dame is not going to be in the college football playoff after getting the doors blown off by the Hurricanes. See what I did there? You know, doors getting blown off of a house by a hurricane. Uh, 41-8. Not It was not good, and Miami dominated right from the get-go. Yeah, the odds of Notre Dame getting in the playoff now are astronomically small. I mean, we're talking like you need Illinois to beat Ohio State, you need the one double-A team to beat the SEC team. Enough stuff that it's not going to happen. So, yeah, and I don't know. Miami seems to be like the team that when the lights are not on, they struggle with bad teams, but when they play good teams and the lights are shining the brightest, like they show up at the moment. You're like... I thought Notre Dame was going to win with their offensive line, and although their offensive line's really good, they did not look good against Miami. The Canes, the Canes looked like the Hurricane teams of old. 
and uh, I don't know if they're going to win. I don't know how it's going to – let me rephrase this. That ACC championship game between Clemson and Miami looks really, really interesting now. Yes. Yes, it does. And I don't even know – so much if, I mean, yes, the offense was good for Miami, but it's that defense. Holy cow. Now, you referenced it, the turnover chain, but, I mean, this is a very, very, un, I don't know, underrated is the right word now, because I think now more people are getting accustomed to seeing how, just how good the Hurricanes are. But this is a pretty damn good defense. Yeah, they're fast and athletic, opportunistic, and uh, I know I'm blanking on their defensive coordinator's name. I think it's Manny Diaz. One, was that Texas and struggled from there, but he's been a few other places and he's been good, like wherever he's been. And he's he was the guy I think that came up with the turnover chain idea. So I mean, you bank all that stuff together. He's he's doing quite well in Miami. That was not the only team though, the Notre Dame that lost big. Uh, we also had Georgia, number one team in the land, got a seven nothing early lead on Auburn and proceeded to lose forty to seventeen. Uh, they, not not good, not good for Georgia. Though they still they still have a chance. And Auburn, a two loss Auburn team, really seems like they control their destiny to making the college football playoff. Yeah, Georgia looked really good at home, and if they play like that, and there's there's nobody they can't beat. I mean, I don't mean they will beat anybody, but not they, they can beat anybody though if they play like that. And uh, Georgia, while not done. This certainly kind of changes how you look at things. I saw somewhere online, here's a super quick trivia question for you, Mr. Stackin. Okay. Do you know the last college football team to lose by three touchdowns or more in a season and still go on to win a national title that year? Hmm. Uh, would it be Auburn and Cam Newton? Nope, they went undefeated that year. Oh, correct. It was... The Miami Hurricanes in 1983. Well, it's been a long time. Just teams that are good enough to win national titles either don't lose, or when they do lose, they lose by like seven points or ten points. They rarely get blown off the field. So wow. Well, I'm not saying Georgia's done. They could certainly make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, they've got a chance. But if they're if it's possible that they can get blown out by three touchdowns or more. It makes it, it's it's harder to find the path that it's like, oh yeah, they're definitely going to win a title. So. I don't know how much of this game you saw, but what happened to Georgia in this one? Was Auburn's defense just that much better? I mean, of course, you know, Stidham throws for three touchdowns, and that was big, and they were able to control a lot of the clock, uh, you know, with 167 yards from uh, from Mr. Johnson there in the backfield. But what, uh, what can we attest, or what can we bring, uh, I guess, What's the answer as to why Georgia struggled so badly? I think it's a couple things. One, Georgia's got a pretty good running game. Uh, they've got a freshman quarterback in Jake Fromm, the true freshman. And I think Auburn was the first team that found a way to, A, slow down Georgia's running game and also, like, force uh, Jake Fromm, the Georgia quarterback, to make tough throws. And, you know, a true freshman on the road, he couldn't really do it, it seemed like. And they slowed down the Georgia running game to really hamper the offense. And then for Auburn on offense, I think there's just there's times where Gus Malzahn kind of gets in a groove. We've seen times where the season starts slow and they pick up steam. You know, they struggled in I think like a fourteen to six loss to Clemson early in the season. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they just kind of picked up on offense. And 
you know, when he gets in that groove calling plays with what they do, they're difficult to stop. And I think it was it was both of those things combined with it was a very hostile Auburn environment yeah. in Auburn, Alabama. And I think it was just a perfect storm of things that went bad against Georgia. Against an Auburn team that, if we're honest, is probably just as talented as Georgia at the same time, too. I mean, it's not like, you know, Auburn's sisters of the four here, other than a weird loss to LSU. Their only other loss this year was a one-touchdown loss to Clemson. So Auburn looks pretty good. Uh, is Easton out for the year for Georgia? I don't know if he's out for the year. I know he was hurt, and then I thought, I just assumed that they were keeping from in if they were undefeated and didn't want to mess with their quarterback stuff. Right. I don't know what they're going to do going forward. I would assume that even if he's not out for the year, I mean, if you're still 9-1 and one through 10 games, you're probably going to stick with the guy you've had most of the time. But, you know, who knows what they'll do going forward. Uh, let's see. Alabama escapes Mississippi State by seven points, so a little underwhelming there, but Mississippi State's a pretty good team. And then uh, Oklahoma thumps TCU 38-20. to Baker Mayfield sensational yet again. Uh, I would say now, you know, I penciled in Saquon Barkley for the Heisman Trophy, but now it appears that it is Baker Mayfield's to lose. So, uh, in the grand, you know, at the end of the day, I think if you're looking at the college football playoff, here, uh, Oklahoma or Miami, which team right now is not in, or are they both in, in your eyes? As of right now, or, or let's put it this way, maybe this is a better way to say it. I think both Oklahoma and the ACC champion are basically both in, assuming they don't, you know, lose the rest of the way. Because Auburn, or, uh, sorry, Clemson and Miami they're going to cancel each other out. Yep. Like, I think it's possible that they both could get in, but I just don't think it's going to work out that way. So, I mean, as of right, like, I, I think it's honestly going to be pretty straightforward for the most part, unless you have weird stuff in the SEC. I don't think we're going to get anybody from multiple conferences. I don't think anyone from the Pac-12 is going to get in. I think it's probably going to end up being the Big Ten, the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC champion in the playoffs. Unless we just have weird stuff going forward now. And it seems like the Pac-12, they're not going to get in. Washington loses on the road at Stanford Friday night, so that hurts their chances. Uh, well, it yeah, they're done. I mean, I, I really don't think USC is going to make it in at all. So uh, the Pac-12 looks like they're going to get shut out this year, which uh, makes uh, me a little unhappy because I had two teams from the Pac-12 in. I went out on a limb. And both Washington and USC failed me. But that that's neither here nor there. Uh, the Big Ten, Wisconsin beats Iowa. Iowa only scored 14 points a week after they scored 55 at home against Ohio State. So go figure both there. defensive touchdowns, too. Their offense didn't score any points. Oh, well, that's just awful. That's just awful by Iowa. Uh, and then you have some multiple like blowout games. Uh Penn State over Rutgers, thirty-five to six. That's not a surprise. Uh, Ohio State thumps Michigan State, forty-eight to three. And I reluctantly have to mention too that uh, the Gophers put up fifty-four points on your Nebraska Cornhuskers in a fifty-four. Oh, is that luck for you? I mean, I, there's no point to sugarcoat things. I mean, you should be happy because your Gophers look like maybe they're going in good directions. 
Well, yeah, but, things don't look so great for Nebraska. No, they don't. Uh, but it's all right though. They play Penn State next week. That shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> in in Happy Valley, right? Yeah, yeah. At, at Penn State in November, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> what What are the which of those uh, blowout games was the most surprising to you? Um, it's not the Nebraska Minnesota one. I mean, both teams were four and five, and I don't think you can. It's tough to put faith in either team because neither has looked great for most of the year. I think the margin for Wisconsin and Iowa was a little surprising just because I don't think Wisconsin, I didn't think Wisconsin would score that much. But if you would have told me Wisconsin would win by 17 and it wouldn't be as close as the score looked, I could have bought that. I think it's, it's the Michigan State-Ohio State game. Like, I'm not surprised that Ohio State won playing at home, you know, coming off a really bad game. Uh-huh. Urban Byers a pretty good motivator. Like, I, it makes sense that, you know, Ohio State a lot of times when they lose are kind of like the kid who gets made fun of in school and then goes home and plays their little brother or sister in video games and, like, wins by just stops the other one to feel better about themselves. <laughs> yep. And Ohio State's kind of like that. So, like, if you would have told me Ohio State would win, I'd buy it. But, man, they look so bad against Iowa. There's no way I thought they'd win. Well, they win by 45 points, 45, I think. yep. Yeah. So, I think that's not that they won, but all things in totality. I think that one's the most surprising. Uh, anything Which else? It got yep. incredibly frustrating if you're an Ohio State fan. That, like, every year they have one or two games where you're like, what is wrong with you guys? You do not look good. Right. And then they have like four games like that a year where it's like, oh my God, why don't you guys do this more often? And then you have one game like the game against Penn State where it's everything combined into one. You look like shit the first half <laughs> and you come back in the fourth quarter and you play lights out football. I mean, I, I think that Penn State game almost summarizes their entire season. I, this, you know, I think that's probably a valid point. There's a lot of truth to that. Any, an astute observation by you. Thank you. Uh, is anything else from the college football weekend here that uh, that caught your attention? Uh, Tennessee gets blown out by Missouri, and Butch Jones is is gone now, uh, much to Travis's chagrin. Uh, his yeah. most hated the the coach he hates the most is done now, which I guess he's probably happy about. But now, I mean, who's he gonna you know bag on now? But uh, I mean. Yeah, Tennessee's yet to win a game in the SEC. But anything else from the college football weekend that really caught your attention? Uh, a couple quick things. I mean, I don't have too much, but just the Big 12, I don't think it's the best conference. It's maybe the most interesting and entertaining conference this year. Iowa State had a chance to still make it to the Big 12 conference title game. Looks like that's not going to happen after losing to Oklahoma State, which is a tough loss for them. But based off how they've been the last four years, I think you still have to good about things with Iowa State right now. I think they finish with Baylor and Kansas State, both games they should win. They win both of those, they're 8-4. and four. you got to feel good about an 8-4 and four season, since I think they went 3-9 and nine last year. Mm-hmm. And then the only other thing is you mentioned Oklahoma and TCU. TCU had the best offense in the Big 12. They basically slowed down everyone they had played all year. I mean, they lost to Iowa State, but they still only gave up 14 points to them. And basically, Oklahoma, especially in the first half, was almost just like going with them. And like you said, I think I think Baker Mayfield wrapped up the Heisman Trophy unless he's just dreadful his last two games where 
I don't even, they play one of their games was West Virginia. I guess they have a conference title game too, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's sort of like Lamar Jackson last year where unless, unless he completes 30% of his passes and has 10 picks the next three games, I think Baker Mayfield is the trophy winner. Looking ahead to this week's slate of games here, uh, the my tablet. Not real pretty. No, no, it's not. I, I know College Game Day is going to Madison for Wisconsin and Michigan, so you know, get on board for that. I think Wisconsin's probably going to beat Michigan, but uh, I mean that would be obviously a loss to Michigan would be a death blow to Wisconsin's chances at making the college football playoff, but. Otherwise, as you look at this slate here, there's just really not a whole lot there. Uh, I mean, how does Miami play another game at home? Explain to me how they get three conference games uh, in a row at home. That doesn't make a damn bit of sense. But, um, yeah, this that you get a lot of, you know, like the Citadel's playing Clemson. No, that's cool. Delaware State's playing Florida State. I'll get to Florida State here in just a moment. That's the SEC, where half their teams play one double A team this week. I think. Yeah, let's everyone get a breather before our rivalry games end the season. Right. So this is a pretty, pretty awful slate of football here this weekend. Yeah, I mean the bright side is that not always, but a lot of times when the slate doesn't look great. You know, this is where you get two or three upsets. Yep. I don't know if we're going to get teams in the top five losing, but to give you one. I mean, I haven't made any picks for work yet or for the online stuff we do. Mm-hmm. I just kind of get the sense that Wisconsin might lose to Michigan, though. That it'll be a low-scoring game and that somehow Michigan will just get Wisconsin to blank and that, you know, it'll be like, I don't know, 14 to 12 or something like that. But, you know, in sort of like, a, oh, well, I guess, I guess Wisconsin's not going undefeated anymore. Really? Okay, so that that's your what well, that's what you're calling, huh? I, you know what? I can understand it. I can. I think that's a I think that's a good pick. I think Wisconsin's really Wisconsin in a lot of ways reminds me of Georgia. I mean, I think Georgia's like more athletic cuz they recruit a lot better. Yep. But basically both of them they're they're really good on defense. They can run the ball well. If you can stop their running game, they're really going to struggle on offense. And Michigan, I think will find a way to slow down their ground game. And then I think it'll just be kind of, it'll be a low scoring rock fight. And then it'll just go to the fourth quarter and it depends. And I just, I don't know, I just get the sense that Wisconsin has, is going to lose. I don't have any great reason for it other than that. I guess it's okay that this slate is a little weak because then we get to focus on SDSU and USD. Of course, you, uh, cover USD or the Sioux City Journal covers USD. So what do we yeah, think of this? The, the Journal does. I am not the USDV writer. Right. But we do, we do extensively cover their stuff because they're only, they're only about 30 miles away from our headquarters. It, it is, uh, I, I was cheering for USD last week to beat NDSU because then that would mean that the SDSU USD game would be the winner take all and, you know, whoever won would win the Missouri Valley conference. Or at least a share of it, but SDSU, if they would win, would have the tiebreaker over NDSU, and and it still could happen that SDSU does win, but they would have they need Illinois State now to beat NDSU because NDSU blew the doors off of USD forty nine to fourteen. I mean USD's defense was absolutely atrocious here. So if Taryn Christian, Dallas Goddard, and Jake Wenicky do not tear this defense apart, it is a huge disappointment to me. 
I would expect this to be a high-scoring game. I agree that South Dakota State should score plenty of points. But the Jackrabbit defense also has not been great a lot of times Correct. this year. And even though Strebler kind of had an off game in some ways, he can still, when he's healthy, he can run it. And the, the offense they run, they find ways to get him to throw it. So I, I expect this. I would be very surprised if both teams aren't in the 30s. This could be like a both teams in the 40s kind of game and be, you know, this this could be like a Big 12 shootout. So if you want, you like high-scoring games that go down to the wire, the uh, the matchup in the Dakota Dome would be the game for you. Are we thinking that SDSU has the edge? Are we picking SDSU? I'm going to pick SDSU just because South Dakota seems to have fallen off a little bit here. Again, in large part because of the defense and and whatnot. But uh, I mean, this is when Jake Wenicky has not had over 100 yards yet this year, which is un, unfathomable to me that we could have this conversation even at the beginning of the year. He has 590 receiving yards. He's gonna have, I think, at least a hundred in this one. I, I hope like closer to 120 at the end of it. Don't I, I just think he's got to. Uh, he and Goddard should put up some monster numbers. And I think SDSU is going to win this game by about two scores. I'll say like 56 to 42. I think it could happen. The one thing I would say is the first time South Dakota State and USD played a few years ago when they kind of rekindled their rivalry, I think it was in Brookings and South Dakota State basically smashed them. But every time they played in Vermilion, it is either like gone down to the final play I think the first time they played, USD was down seven and was driving, and then South Dakota State got a pick six in the final couple minutes to end up winning by two scores, but was a really tight game. So, I like, I could see this is clearly the best USD team South Dakota State will have played in the last five years. So I could see this one being the one that they finally lose, but like you mentioned, they're, they're on a bit of a losing streak, and... I don't know if this is me, me wishing and wanting to say it'll be this way or not. I don't know, but I think I'm 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 going to go with the Jacks winning, but to win like let's say forty one thirty eight. Okay, all right, I'm I'm fine but with that. We'll, we're we're going to combine the best of both worlds here, Stack. And let's say USD scores with a minute twenty left. The Jacks have one or two timeouts. Christian drives them down the field. And then Jake Wenicky scores on like a 15-yard touchdown catch with 10 seconds left to put him at 125 yards receiving. Perfect. Day. All and right. That's how South Dakota State wins. If that happens, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know if I could drive down to Sioux City, but I'm gonna make sure that I get you some lottery tickets, or that you make sure you go out and buy lottery tickets. Because if that happens down to a T, which I could very well see happening, uh, that would be that would be very, very cool indeed. Uh, as we move on though now to uh, this week's edition of Bowl Bound or Not uh, again the season's winding down. A lot of teams now have started to you know to clinch or they're just one win away so uh, of course there's a, a lot of uh, I would say angst out there. Um, I would, you know Harris Berg in Pennsylvania uh, he's he's Calling in saying, hey, I mean, talk about my Temple squad. Maybe Harris, maybe, maybe we'll get to that. I don't know for sure. But uh, Murphy... Houston in Texas. Big, big Texas A&M fan. Yes, yes. Uh, Murphy's, uh, uh, Murphy 
Spurro in Tennessee, uh, he is all about uh, this game, and he he wants to know where we might stand on Tennessee and and Vanderbilt. I don't know Murphy, but we'll get to that here. But uh, the, okay. Phoenix in Arizona, big bird guy, owns a lot of birds. He's a Kansas Jayhawk fan. They're not going to make a bowl, but he's interested <laughs> in what other teams are going to do. I don't know how he's a Kansas Jayhawk fan. I mean, there's a lot of other birds he could be a fan of, but... uh was the first bird bass got that. No, I know. No, it, 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 it's okay. I mean, it, you know, all the power to him. You know, go rock chalk Jayhawk. It's, it's college basketball season here. By the way, do you have a Final Four for uh, college basketball? Have you thought about that at all? A little bit. I'll go one off the top of my head right now. Let's go Duke. Let's go Kentucky. Let's go Kansas. And then there's always some team that's a little bit of a surprise, a team in the middle of a conference. Um, I don't really believe this, but screw it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Creighton. Creighton in the Big East. There we Final go. four. All right. There's your, there's your odd thing. At uh, least you can say I didn't go all chalk. Yeah, that's right. You didn't go all chalk, rock chalk, Jayhawk. So that's very good. All right. So um, you let you give me a conference, and uh, I'll pick a couple of teams out of this uh, out of said conference. Okay. Let's go. Let's go Pac-12. Some of these conferences I know I've picked before. Yep. I don't know if I picked the Pac-12 yet. Let's, that, let's do Pac-12. That's, that's okay. We, this is a good conference because we have a lot of teams in here that are five and five. So uh, we'll begin here with Oregon. Uh, so we'll go with all the five and five teams here. They are home to Arizona and home to Oregon State. Is there is Oregon bull bound or not? I don't know if they're going to beat Oregon or not. It's going to be tough to stop Khalil Pate. That should be an interesting high scoring game between those two. I think they're going to beat Oregon State though. Oregon State's bad. Oregon State beat Oregon last year. I would imagine with the new head coach and Willie Taggart and uh, a better Oregon team this year, they're going to find a way to beat the Beavers and get to, I don't know, what the Sun Bowl, I don't know what it would be for them at 66, but the, the Ducks, the, maybe quack, the, quack, going to a bowl. Well, that's good. Maybe the Foster Farms Bowl in Santa Clara. Or there we maybe, go. That's a good one. Uh, so, okay, 6-6, six and six, that'll get them in. Uh, Cal, they're 5-5. Five and five. They're at Stanford and at UCLA. I think we discussed earlier that maybe, like this was a few weeks back, that the Cal-Colorado loser was likely not going to make a bowl game. And I believe Colorado won that, if I'm not mistaken. So is Cal bowl-bound or not? They're not going to beat Stanford. You know what, though? They're going to beat UCLA. The goal, the Bears the Bears are also going to go bowling. UCLA really, really petering out this bowl season. All right. Arizona State, they actually lost to UCLA this last week. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're at Oregon State and home to Arizona. I can't believe I'm saying this because, I mean, it, it looked like, I mean, we didn't know what Khalil Tate was and that Arizona would be this good. So it's really going to come down to this Oregon State game. It's in Corvallis. Is Arizona State bowl-bound or not? Arizona State, another Bible, a bipolar team, can't make up their mind. Todd Graham was fired, then beat Washington, and he's safe, then fired. They're at 5-5. Five and five. They're, they're going to beat Oregon State, so they are also going to get to six wins at a bowl game. I don't know if it'll keep Todd Graham's job, 
he might leave to go somewhere else anyways because that's what Todd Graham does. But but the, the Sun Devils are going bowling. Excellent. UCLA, 5-5 five and five at USC, home to Cal. I think you've already kind of answered this, but uh, is UCLA bowl-bound or not? UCLA, not bowl-bound, 5-7. and seven. I think that's two years in a row with no bowl. Strong possibility Jim Mora gets fired. How how is that going to affect uh, Josh Rosen's uh, uh, status in terms of his his draft stock? Do you think? I think it might affect it a little bit in terms of slotting between like the top three quarterbacks, but I don't think just because they're bad that it's like it's going to drop them out of the first round. I mean, whether you like him personally or not, he's still he's a very talented guy playing for a team that's not that good. And is putting up a lot of stats and yards. You know, I, I don't know what team he's going to go to. I mean, for his sake, I hope it's not the Browns. Maybe he goes to the New York Jets and is better than Christian Hackenberg and Bryce Betty. For his sake, that's what we have to hope, I guess. Utah five and five. They're at Washington and home to Colorado. Colorado, by the way, is five and six. So that last game could really decide who's bull bound between Utah or and Colorado. So is Utah bull bound or not? I did not think Utah would be 5-5 five and five at this point. They're usually pretty good at getting to 7 or 8 wins pretty quickly. Man, I, I'm trying to not be, like, too the same all the time because I've said, like, everyone's going to a bowl other than UCLA so far. I think Utah's going to beat Colorado, though, and that gets them to 6 wins. So, Utes, Utes are going bowling. All right. Uh, give me another conference. Um... You and I seem to lose it's in our geographic area. It is. With, with Jim Delaney's uh, dream child. All right. There's one 5-5 five and five team in this conference, and it is Minnesota. They are home, or they're at Northwestern and home to Wisconsin. Is Minnesota bowl-bound or not? In our preseason thing we did when I went through and picked all the games, I had Minnesota beating Wisconsin to end the year. Unfortunately, I don't think your Gophers are going to beat Wisconsin at this point in time now. And I don't don't think they're going to win on the road at Northwestern either, unfortunately. So, I don't think your Gophers are going bowling. But the bright side is I think that they will be much better next year in year two under P.J. Black. And they will be better at the quarterback position next year. Okay, well that that's some that's some solace, I suppose. Uh, let let's go Purdue here, just uh, for shits and giggles. Uh, you know what? No, you know, Purdue Purdue's four and six. They play at Iowa and at and then are home to Indiana. Purdue's not getting in. Purdue's not. I think Purdue is more likely at four and six to go than Nebraska is at four and six. Penn State, Iowa, though. All right. Uh, how about a, that Purdue's not going. How about another conference? Let's go. I mean, I'm thinking either the ACC or the SEC because they have 14 teams, so it's more likely that there will be more five and five teams. Uh, which, which which do you want me to do, the ACC or SEC? Well, let, let's see. What? Well, uh, let's see. What do we got here? Let's go. The ACC. It seems like the ACC is always loaded with teams with two or three weeks left in the season, and they could be like, "Hey, 
you might win the division or you might only win four games. I feel like that there's, there's going to be more variance. All right. Well, Boston College is five and five. They are uh, they're home to UConn and at Syracuse. So we could pencil in Boston College for a bowl game, right? They're going to beat UConn. UConn's garbage this year. They might be better in a few years, but they're bad right now. So yeah. Boston College and Steve Adazio saving the job going to another ball. I mean, and they have a, a, a phenomenal freshman running back in A.J. Dillon. Uh, he's going to be someone that they will ride for the next, what, like two, three years? They have, you, I don't know how much you've seen of Boston College or this guy, but he's pretty damn good. I've not seen a lot of Boston College. I've seen some. I know there have been times. It's weird that their offense looks better this year because the thing we knew about Boston College their offense was usually atrocious. It's at least, at times, it's, it's good this year. Syracuse 4-6. and six. They are at Louisville and home to Boston College. So is Syracuse going to win out and make it to a bowl game? Unfortunately, I don't think they will, which, which to a little bit pains me to say that. Because after they beat Clemson, I thought, oh man, it could be fun with Dino Babers who, as I may have mentioned, he's a Game of Thrones fan, I guess, their head coach. And I thought, this guy swinging it around, beating Clemson, but I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to win out. So, no bowl for Syracuse. And I'm just going to pass over Pitt because they're at Virginia Tech and my and home to Miami, and they're four and six. So Pittsburgh, nope, not going to happen. Um, I'm going to save this one other team here for our final uh, topic of discussion here. Uh, one other conference. Uh, let, let's go a mid-major conference. What, what mid-major do you want to take a look at? Let's do Conference USA. Perfect. That is a great selection here. Plenty of teams to choose from. Let's go Middle Tennessee State. They're 5-5. Five and five. Uh, it's, I'm sure they got UTEP or Rice coming up here. They have to. No, they don't. They're at Western Kentucky and home to Old Dominion. Is Middle Tennessee bowl-bound or not? Unfortunately for the Blue Raiders, and a, uh, a former roommate and friend of mine, uh, I think his wife went to Middle Tennessee. So it will pain her for me to say this. I don't I don't think Middle Tennessee is going to win either of those. But no bowl for the Blue Raiders. Really? Okay. That would be an upset if Old Dominion does beat them, even though uh, Old Dominion... Is uh, what four and six? They're two and four in conference here. Western Kentucky. Uh, I mean, th- by virtue of this, then here, it they're home to Middle Tennessee, of course, and then at Florida International. Is Western Kentucky bull bound or not? Are they also five? And they five? are also five and five. So I think by virtue here that we're saying that uh, since you're giving Middle Tennessee the loss to them, that they are indeed bull bound. They're going to beat Middle Tennessee. I know Florida International and Florida Atlantic are both good this year. They might not beat Florida International, but they're still going to get to six. So, so yes for Western Kentucky. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's go Texas-San Antonio. They are five and four. I believe the Roadrunners. The Roadrunners, yes. And I believe you know they had a game canceled that was against the University of Houston. Uh, that's not getting not made. Yep. Uh, they're home to Marshall and at Louisiana Tech is Tennessee uh, is uh, UTSA bull bound or not? Unfortunately, I'm going to say no. I like their mascot. I don't think they're going to win either of those two games. 
Apparently, Larry Coker is the head coach at UTSA. Did you did you know that? Uh, is that firsthand knowledge to a lot of people? Funny you mention that. I remember a game like two or three years ago I watched on TV and they mentioned that. I literally completely forgot about it until you mentioned it right there. No. It was something I knew at one point in time. I did not know he was still there now, though. And the only reason I I even saw this is because I'm looking at the schedule here and I see Coker's, uh, uh, you know, his Twitter feed come up because Morgan, uh, what is it? I think David Morgan, former tight end there, caught his first touchdown of, of his career with the Vikings uh, on Sunday against Washington. So, uh, you know, Twitter was all a buzz. The, the UTSA Twitter feed was all a buzz about that. Uh, Louisiana Tech is four and six. I mentioned that they do play UTSA. Uh, who's their other team that they get to lose to? Oh, they're at UTEP. So Louisiana Tech are they bull bound or not? They are because UTEP's awful, and then I think they're also going to be UTSA. Okay. So the the Bulldogs, which I think are both uh, Terry Bradshaw and Carl Malone's alma mater. Yep. I think they're going bull. Excellent. All right, uh, that uh, will do it for this week. Except I am going to finish. Or this is where we'll finish with one other team, and we'll we'll take a look next week because there will be a few more teams that we need to discuss. That'll be five and six. There's going to be a lot of teams that have punched their ticket this week. Still, yeah, yep, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, plenty of teams out there that have a chance. I think last week I had said there were fifty teams that uh, had secured their bowl eligibility at this point. I don't know how much that number has changed. I can try and get that here shortly. But uh, as I I look into that here, one team I didn't bring up in bowl bound or not is Florida State. Uh, Florida State right now, 3-6. But they, last week, this is before their game against Clemson, a game that they lost 31-14. They said, oh, hey, we're going to play... Louisiana Monroe on December 2nd. And you might say, well, why are they scheduling this game? Well, it's because that game got canceled. That was the second game of the year. It was going to be their home opener. But because of Hurricane Irma, I mean, hurricanes just completely wreaked havoc, of course, on on the country. And so I'm not trying to make light of that at all. But it did wreak havoc on the college football scheduling um, for, for many teams as well. Uh, because some teams are playing one fewer, and in Florida State's case, that was going to ha- be what happened. They were going to have one fewer game, and at five and six, they weren't going to make a bowl game. I mean, you got Delaware State and Florida, and that that's it to end the year. Well, they said, "Hey, we're we're going to schedule Louisiana Monroe December second. We're going to make this game up." Uh, I'm sure for Louisiana Monroe, they're like, "Okay, I mean, you're paying us a lot of money, so we'll do it." But um, I have a huge problem with this because I think it's petty that Florida State is doing this, and they may, they I don't believe they've come out and said it, and I don't think they ever will. But the only reason they're doing this is to get to six and six, as long as they don't trip up against Florida or Louisiana Monroe, and get to bowl eligibility at six and six. And I just find that utterly disgraceful. And I, uh, you know what, Florida State. You're on my on my hate list. You're on my shit list now for this. I, I don't agree with this at all. You said it's petty. I don't think petty is the right word to say to describe it. I would say it's embarrassing though. Okay. For a team that just four years ago won a national title to be like, Oh no, we need to schedule this 
during the game that we can't play in because we didn't win enough games to go to the ACC title game. We've got to get this just to extend our bowl streak, which I, I, I think bowl streaks used to mean something. Nebraska's ended in 2004. They had the longest active one. But around that time, there's so many bowl games that it just doesn't mean as much. I mean, you know, when there was, like, having a bowl streak in the 70s and 80s was a big deal because there weren't that many. But now, all that means is you have to go 6-6. Six and six. And in, in Florida State's case, other than Florida, they schedule three bad teams each year in non-conference. So they only have to win three ACC games or beat Florida. So it's not really an accomplishment to say they're getting to 6-6. Six and six. I, uh... I don't believe in karma since I'm a Lutheran myself. But I hope that Florida somehow beats Florida State this year. But Florida State still can't go. And then has to play that game against Louisiana and Monroe a week later while they're already 4-7. and seven, Just to say, oh, well, I guess we got to 5-7, and seven, but we're playing this dumb game now still. And maybe I'm not seeing the outrage out there as much as as much as or as outraged as I am, but but shouldn't there be a little more questioning or a little more outrage as to why they're doing this here? It, it shouldn't shouldn't they be receiving a lot more uh, negative publicity re- regarding this than they are? Because I guess I haven't heard a whole lot about it. But the first thing that I thought of when I saw this it scroll across the bottom line on ESPN was I, you're only doing this to go to a. a, a terrible bowl game and extend your bowl eligibility and I just find it disgraceful. Um, I think probably some people don't have as strong of feelings as you have about it. I think um, it's definitely uh, let me put it, like I've seen it reported some places. I think the biggest reason there isn't more about it though is just because Florida State's not good so people don't really care. They're thinking well why do I want to read or watch a show that talks about Florida State, True. you know, when it's much more interesting and it's a bigger deal to talk about the teams that are good, and clearly Florida State's not one of those teams. I mean, Nebraska and Minnesota don't have as good of records, and they're not, I mean, other than, you know, play on the field at times. They have not done anything really embarrassing. But it's kind of like that. I mean, nobody's talking about your Gophers putting up over 500 yards because it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's against the Nebraska team that wasn't any good. Right. So, I think I think that's the biggest reason why they're not hearing much about it, and that and that what Florida State's doing, while while kind of embarrassing, and why are you sullying yourself like that? I mean, it's not like there's anything illegal about it or anything. Right. Nope. Nope. It's just more like it's more. I don't know. It's 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 more like the kid who ate three of the candy bars he was supposed to sell for his baseball team to make money, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, mom, I need you to pay for these. Because I ate these myself. I mean, it's more that kind of thing, I guess. I mean, immediately. Right. It's embarrassing. Florida State should be mocked and made fun about this for the next few years. But I'm not like, I, I wouldn't go as far to say I'm outraged okay. about it. I, you know me, I tend to get outraged over some of these little, you know, <laughs> trivial things here. So, um, I, I don't know. This, this just irks me what Florida State is doing. It, it potentially... Should they get to six and six and get to a bowl game and win that, so they're seven and six? Does that save Jimbo Fisher's job? I mean, I know he's got a big buyout, but does this? I mean, is this a last ditch effort for him to avoid potentially getting fired? Is there any chance he would get fired this year had they not rescheduled this game? 
I don't think he's going to get fired. I think he could lose the last three games, but I think he still wouldn't get fired. I mean, at like a 30 or at a, I mean, it, it's just a shade under 40 million for his buyout. I mean, you're talking like the, the largest buyout. I'm not going to pretend like I know the ins and outs of every firing of the last decade, mm-hmm. but about the biggest buyouts I can think about hearing are $10 million. Usually the assistants also have buyouts. But you're talking in addition to that, also spending a whole bunch of money. I mean, you think about how much. I mean, Florida State's a really good job, but their next head coach, if they fire Jimbo Fisher, you're going to have to pay an astronomical amount because they're going to be thinking, if this team's this bad and is only winning four games or whatever, and they fired the head coach about that, I want some security in case I get fired. So, I mean, you're talking about potentially just spending. I mean, the buyout, they wouldn't have to pay all at once. You're talking about, you know, $50 million, give or take, all in all, like paying for the buyout and the firing and also hiring a brand new staff. Like, that's an incredibly expensive price for a coach who won a national title for you not that long ago. And we would assume, you know, maybe they don't win the the division next year, but it's probably going to turn around and win nine games next year if they play their cards right. Yeah, because especially they get DeAndre Francois back. Yeah, and and I think Jimbo's going to fire some assistants this year. I I don't think his job's in jeopardy. Like, if if they're really going to get rid of him, I think they'll do a Jim McElwain at Florida thing and try to find something to fire him for cause, which I I don't think that there is anything necessarily. But that's just so much money to spend right for something. And I, I don't know how you sell that boosters where it's just like, oh, we're literally throwing your money into a fire right now and just burning it. Yeah. Nope. I I, I agree. I just I, I didn't know if there's a potential. There's always the potential. And uh, sometimes, you know, teams will do it for the yeah, big I mean, buyout. I'm not going to say there's 0% chance of it happening. I think there's a less than 5% chance no. of getting fired. So. I would agree. Charlie, always appreciate the time, my friend, and uh, we'll chat next week. See what uh, if there is any excitement this week in college football, and uh, look ahead to the big rivalry games next week, uh, and also another edition of Bullbound or not. Thank you so much, my friend. Yep, thank you. Take care, buddy. Sounds good. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City Journal. Kind enough to spend some time with us. As always, appreciate it. Um, yeah, the slate not very good, but SDSU USD. We'll talk about it more in depth here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition this week. That podcast is available on iTunes, as is this one. Um, but I think SDSU is going to win. Overall, slate not great in Florida State. Boo to you. But uh, we'll wrap up the podcast as we always do during the NFL season. Look back at the previous week in the NFL. Look ahead to the next week here in uh, picks, make some picks, some early picks for some NFL games here at Sports Block Podcast. Let's wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, as we always do. Let's look at what happened the previous week in the NFL. Make some picks for next week, as the early predictions can go. Uh, so let, let's get right to it. Uh, I don't know, the lime green jerseys for the Seattle Seahawks Thursday night. Uh, Maybe? I don't know. I mean, they weren't bad, I guess. I I don't really know. They're radioactive or something. Anyway, a lot of injuries in this game. Uh, Most notably, Richard Sherman 
torn Achilles. He is done for the year for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson had a concussion, maybe. I don't know. The concussion protocol, he wasn't in that blue tent very long. So the Seahawks get the win, though, 22-16. to uh, Adrian Peterson fumbled on the first carry of the game for the Cardinals. So that was great. Uh, Sunday then, the Detroit Lions, uh, they struggled with the Cleveland Browns early in this game. Uh, in fact, the Browns, I believe, had a 17-10 lead. Maybe it was 24-17. to And then the Lions said, okay, enough of this. 38-24, Lions get the win. Vikings, as mentioned, 38-30 win over Washington. Case Keenum, four touchdowns over 300 yards. He had a perfect passer rating at one point. Did throw back-to-back interceptions. They were not good throws, but he and Adam Thielen are... They have a feeling, I, I guess. I, they are just on target, and I know that was a very awesome pun. You guys are laughing hysterically right now, but no one's laughing hysterically about facing Adam Thielen right now. He is just an, a man among boys out there. He's doing outstanding work in the Vikings. On a day where their defense did not do very well, the offense picked up the slack, and they get a big win on the road at Washington. Uh, the Saints, they've won seven games in a row. Remember, once upon a time, the Vikings beat them week one of the regular season. And they are rushing the football like crazy. They crammed it down the Bills' throats on Sunday. Uh, Ingram has three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara had a rushing touchdown. Drew Brees had a rushing touchdown. I think they ran something like 24 straight run plays at one point. The Saints, they are for real. And they crushed Buffalo. The Packers get the first win of the Brett Hundley era, at least while Aaron Rodgers is out with an injury. 23-16 over the Bears. Uh, John Fox, terrible challenge on a Benny Cunningham uh, catch and run. I mean, so close to the sideline. And, eh, no, just it wasn't going to work. And, yeah, the, the Packers, they get the win. I mean, but Fox challenged it, said it was a touchdown. And it was actually a fumble. And, oh, it was just it was not a good move by Fox there. And the Bears ultimately lose 23 to 16. The Pittsburgh Steelers did not look very good on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts, but they find a way to win late, a last-second field goal, essentially, 20-17. to 17. Uh, Jacoby Brissett had what appeared to be a, a pretty nasty concussion, or could have been, but uh, Indianapolis didn't really look at it very good, or the doctors didn't. Something, people are not very happy about it. There's a tweet from a neurologist, and like, hey, this is this is not good. Well... Andrew Luck's not coming back this year, so it's Jacoby Brissett or nothing. Steelers get the win, though, 20-17. to Again, they did not look very good. Jaguars win for the first time on an even week. They take down the Chargers 20-17 to in overtime. A game that both teams tried to give to one another, but the Jaguars ultimately prevail. Terrible game in Tampa Bay featuring two terrible teams, the New York Jets and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Actually, the Jets coming off a very impressive win against the Bills Thursday before, they were not impressive in this one. Apart from a late touchdown with 27 seconds left, they really had nothing to show for it all day. Tampa Bay did. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets the better of his former team on a day where Jameis Winston wasn't playing and Mike Evans was suspended. Tampa Bay gets the 15-10 win. Entertaining game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans uh, had the lead, and then A.J. Green and Andy Dalton hooked up, and the Bengals had the lead late, and then Marcus Mariota Drives the Titans down the field. Hooks up with DeMarco Murray for a 7-yard score. Titans take down the Bengals 24-20. to Maintain a first-place tie in the AFC South with the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Los Angeles Rams got off to a slow start against the Houston Texans, only had a 9-7 lead at the half, but thank goodness they were playing Tom Savage, and Tom Savage is awful at quarterback. Uh, why, why haven't the Texans signed Colin Kaepernick? I, I guess I don't know, but uh, Tom Savage's agent has been awfully quiet here in the last couple of weeks. Jared Goff throws three touchdowns in the third quarter, and the Rams roll the Texans 33-7. to if you're Adrian Claiborne, you had yourself a heck of a day. Six sacks is awesome for a team in a game. Adrian Claiborne had six sacks alone against the Dallas Cowboys. He made $750,000, so he obviously had some claws, you know, saying he needed to record so many sacks for the season, and he accomplished it in one game. Uh, first game of the Dak Prescott solo era with Ezekiel Elliott out serving his suspension. Not so good that the Falcons roll the Cowboys 27-7. 49ers get their first win of the season. Came against the hapless Giants, who have all but given up on their season by all uh, intents and purposes. 49ers take down the Giants 31-21. to C.J. Beathard had a pretty decent day in this one. And the New England Patriots, they're rolling right now. The Denver Broncos absolutely stink. They have no offense. Even though Brock Osweiler didn't play terrible in this one, their defense is atrocious. They lose 41-16 to the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah, and the, Bron- uh, the to the New England Patriots. And, oh, yeah, the Broncos special teams isn't very good either. Speaking of teams not showing up, the Dolphins should not be in primetime anymore this season. Uh, they are only, unfortunately, they are on Monday night. I believe it's like week 14 against the Patriots. They lose 45-21 to the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton Almost 100 yards rushing in this one. Carolina had well over 200 yards rushing for the game. Almost 300, 550 yards of total offense. The Dolphins 0-3 in primetime games this year. And it just, they look bad. Very bad. Um, Carolina gets the win. They continue to put pressure on the Panther or on the Saints just sitting one game back. Let's take a look at this week's games. Uh for week 11 in the NFL begins Thursday, November 16th, my birthday, but that's neither here nor there. I'll be turning 30, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 8.25 p.m. Eastern, 7.25 p.m. Central Time on NBC, also um, uh, on the NFL Network, streaming on Amazon, or at least it should be. Uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger says he hates these Sunday night or these Thursday night games. A lot of NFL players do, but suck it up, Buttercup. You're getting a lot of money from the revenue, and everyone does it, including the Cowboys and Lions every Thanksgiving. They don't complain about it. Uh, I'll take the Steelers, though, in this one. Should be a a low-scoring affair. Detroit at Chicago on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Detroit lost at Chicago last year. They, They were not good, and after that game against the Browns, kind of expecting another lackluster performance by the Lions, but we'll go ahead and take them uh, picking Detroit over Chicago. Los Angeles Rams at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Who would have ever thought at the beginning of the season that we would, that this matchup would feature two division leaders, the Vikings and the Rams, both at 7-2. and two. I'm going to take the Vikings, Case Keenum, playing against his former team. Please don't prove us wrong. Get that win. Uh, hopefully the Viking defense can play a little better this week against Jared Goff, but with the with the weapons that he has, you know, wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, 
Uh, Todd Gurley in the backfield. It's not going to be easy. Wade Phillips, good defense, but I'll take the Vikings in this one. Baltimore Ravens at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Leaning Raven? No, I'm not. I I, uh, I don't know. Packers, Brett Hundley at home. The, the, the Ravens don't have any offense. Their defense might make things difficult on Brett Hundley and company. Leaning Green Bay right now, but this is essentially a toss-up game. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Browns are winless. Browns will remain winless. It is an odd week, so why pick against the Jaguars on an odd week? They will win this game. Offense, defense, too much. Um, Blake Bortles versus Deshaun Kaiser. Get excited, folks. Get excited. Arizona Cardinals at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. It's a noon kickoff, so that does not favor the Cardinals at all, but... Again, Tom Savage is the Texans quarterback. Until he can prove that he's got what it takes uh, to, to lead the Texans to some you know, decent points on offense, he's led them to one touchdown each of the first two games. Uh, I'll take Drew Stanton in the Cardinals. Oh, another stellar quarterback matchup. Drew Stanton against Tom Savage. Get excited, folks. Get excited. Washington at New Orleans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Washington, bad loss last week against the Vikings after a big win against Seattle the week before. Saints, winners of seven in a row. Their defense will do it again. The rushing game will do it again. The Saints will win this one. Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Giants have all but given up. The Chiefs have had a bye week to rest and re- relax, and now they're back. Uh, they gotta keep they gotta keep winning because Oakland's gonna come. They're gonna come charging. But uh, I'll take the Chiefs in this one pretty handedly. Tampa Bay at Miami, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. This is a rema- uh, makeup from week one. Of course, that was impacted by Hurricane Irma. It is not a primetime game, so maybe the Dolphins have a chance in this one. I will lean towards them. But again, this is a virtual toss-up here. I'll take the Dolphins, though, narrowly. Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Chargers. 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 or 5 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I hear that, I've heard maybe that Phillip Rivers might not play in this one. That would be a shock. Uh, Buffalo has not looked good the last two weeks. Coming back down to earth a little bit. This is their chance to show everyone that, hey, we are a team to, that you know has some legitimate playoff hopes. I'll take them, but this is your last chance, Buffalo. Last chance. Cincinnati Bengals at the Denver Broncos, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Broncos stink. They know it. Is it a get-well game against the Bengals? I don't necessarily think so. Uh, A.J. Green and Andy Dalton think they might have some success. Um, Again, a virtual toss-up. I'm leaning towards the Bengals, though, in this one until the Broncos can prove that, uh, that they've got things figured out. New England Patriots at the Oakland Raiders, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. This is in Mexico City. Um, With that being said, uh, Oakland, you got to figure stuff out. But, oh boy, Tom Brady's coming to town. Or, Patriots are playing well. Uh, I don't think so. Not uh, as much as I want the Raiders to win. I'm not liking their chances. I'll take... New England in this one. Philadelphia at Dallas, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC, Sunday Night Football. Eagles were off last week. The Cowboys may as well have been off last week. I mean, just terrible 
job protecting Dak Prescott. This is essentially a must-win for Dallas. Their backs are against the wall. They need to win this one badly to put some pressure on Philadelphia. I'm going to take Philadelphia, though. Uh, Dallas might be without Sean Lee on defense. Prove me wrong, Cowboys. Prove me wrong. And then Atlanta at Seattle, 8.30 uh, p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN Monday Night Football. Falcons look good last week, but can you go up to Seattle? It's loud. Beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. You know they will be without Richard Sherman. It's going to be a close game, but I think the Seahawks pull away late. I'll take Seattle. That's a look at your Week 11 picks. Official picks and predictions will be in the stack. Stackattack.sportsblog.com be on Fridays. So check that out. Um, thank you for listening this week. Hope you enjoyed our thorough college basketball season preview. We will be talking a lot about college basketball throughout the season. And uh, looking forward to that. We'll see what happens in the college football world this weekend. Probably not nothing much. Hopefully SDSU can get a win over USD. See what happens on the NFL side. Hopefully the Vikings can beat the Rams. And we'll see what else happens. But you can always find this podcast available online on iTunes. Just search the sports block. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter at NDStacken. Otherwise, Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have this link uh, link posted to the podcast later or middle later part of the week, as always. But thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And hope you tune in again next week for more great sports talk. So for Travis and Charlie. I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We'll talk with you next week.